I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Um, hey, hey, what is, what is your favorite stab movie? Oh, well, there's so many to choose from, but not part five because that has the time travel. The time travel, it's a bit much. No. It's a bit much. No. Yeah, I, I, that one was a bit over the top for me. What, what did? Not gonna lie. What did part three end up being? I don't because <laughs> I wonder because clearly they made it. So I yeah. guess after everyone died, they were like, "Well, we already shot some of it. We should probably just go back and like we've got that great cotton cameo that we shot." Yeah, they probably just left. Even that in though the movie. at the beginning of this movie, it seems like he's talking about negotiating a deal to be in the movie yeah. but then a few minutes later they're like he just wrapped his cameo in stab three i'm like um i heard they shot like this? 50 versions of this opening scene so that makes sense that like why it doesn't really make sense anyway some of them are on the dvd yeah. and they're yeah. really terrible yeah i mean like unbelievably bad mm -hmm. like there's one where it's basically the same except you never see christine except in the shower mm -hmm. and she's all like and like she, she's all obs obscured and then mm -hmm. it's basically the same yeah. But then he goes into the house and she like falls out of a closet and you never see her face. So I'm guessing that there was just like an extra right. that they had. Right. And then he's like attacked and stabbed and then it kind of ends the same way. And I'm like, yeah. who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> like was Wes like, this is this, this will be the best opening <laughs> yet. It's so frightening. And it's literally the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was like, what the hell, guys? Yeah, you know, what they ended up with is passable, I guess, but, you know, it's yeah. better than that anyway, it sounds like, so that's Yes, that's as good. compared to what's on the DVD, it's it's a masterpiece, yeah. but, yeah. I mean, you know, I like they brought back Cotton, at least. I do appreciate that, minutes. and I kind of like the fact that he's a, like, a talk show host and everything else, that's kind of a fun little <laughs> thing, like, that. progression from 100% Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> That's 110%. <laughs> because I think I read somewhere where someone was joking mm -hmm. on the set, like, if he got out of this, he would have a TV show called 100% Cotton. And they're <laughs> like, like, oh, let's do that. Scream 3. Yep. We'll do it. Yeah. I'm so glad they did because I it's think great. it's funny. It's great. I do wish they'd brought back Tori Spelling. Um, oh, you know, I know. Emily Mortimer's okay, but I would have preferred yeah. Tori Spelling. We need our Tori. Tori. And it's very unfortunate that that yeah she's 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 not she has not come back to the stab universe yeah. since part two and that's unfortunate. unfortunate. Maybe she came back after all these other actors were killed in the movie. Possibly. Possibly. And maybe Robert Rodriguez returned to direct. Mm. Maybe I don't know. I don't. You, you, you never know. We'll never know. Uh, the stab universe is very fascinating. It is. I think we. I don't think we mentioned that last week. But yes, the director of Stab is Robert Rodriguez, who <laughs> of course directed The Faculty a few years later. Yes. I kind of wanted him to direct Scream Five when they first announced it because I thought that would be extremely meta. But you know, that would be funny. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We said we weren't really going to talk about Scream Five, but uh, we both saw yeah. it. We both liked it. We did. So yes. That's that's yes. that's something. It was. Yeah, so I guess, do we need to say, like, spoiler, spoiler? Um, Turn this episode off. Skip forward, like, I don't know, five, ten minutes. I'll put something in yes. the description that says we talked about <laughs> it at this point. We were, we were going to wait till the fourth episode, but whatever. It's fresh in my yeah. mind, so we might Why as well not? talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the 
you know, the, I get what they were going for with the Billy daughter thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think the CGI Billy's daughter. Billy's daughter. I think the CGI <laughs> Billy stuff was a little overkill, but whatever. Um, when he first appeared, I literally shrieked. I yeah. went, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> what? what? Is the, how did they keep it a secret?" First of all, yeah. that was shocking. Yeah, that was the only cameo then, that I didn't really expect. Well, it's like yeah. the 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 CGI. It's like very uncanny valley, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This makes me feel weird." Yeah, it reminded me it's a little odd. bit of the Ghost Mom sequence in the film we were talking about today. It's like this feels like yeah, it should be in bit. like Nightmare on Elm Street or something, not on, not yeah. in a Scream movie, but here we are. <laughs> um, but the, that, but at least the weird thing is, Scream Three set all these weird precedents. So like now, mm-hmm. when you do something that's even slightly less ridiculous, then it's okay. I guess yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scream Three is about as wacky is as the fr- franchise gets as yes. of now. Yes, I mean, yes. Watching more, watching so. these two movies like a day apart was like uh, just <laughs> so weird. Because Five, I would yeah. argue, is probably the most serious of the films, and this one mm-hmm. is the most wacky and campy, over the top, ridiculous. Yeah. So it was like, okay, Absolutely. where where am I going with? <laughs> but there, there there is one major um returning character from part 3 that yeah. I did not expect. I I had heard rumors, but well, I thought yes, yes. rumors, mm-hmm. shmoomers. Mm-hmm. Martha Meeks. Martha motherfucking shows Meeks. up. Mm-hmm. And I literally grabbed J- Jamie and mm-hmm. just went, "Oh my god, it's her." <laughs> I was so excited. That was delightful. It was very She delightful. has one line and I don't care. It's the best part of the movie. Yes. And I was so excited when she sh- showed up at that point. I thought these filmmakers have their heart in the right place. <laughs> and wherever they take me for the rest of this movie, I will know it's going to be somewhere s- mostly worthwhile. Sure. It's that weird thing where, like, they gave me exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't feel totally fulfilled by it. And I'm trying to figure out why mm-hmm. that is. I think maybe it is because there wasn't yeah. anything in, in this that I was like, oh, this is a shocker. I didn't see this coming. Like, there were some little things. Mm-hmm. But um, I was still content. Like, I left the movie and I was like, okay, you know, this is – I, I yeah, feel okay it, about this. And uh, content it's You know, it's, it's not the best sequel, but it's definitely not the worst sequel. And that is uh, yeah. something to say – I mean, that in itself is a big success because it could have been so mm-hmm. bad. It could have been a shit show, you know? And Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. And the fact that it's better than one, depending on who you ask it. I mean, not, not the first one, but, like, at least one of the sequels and maybe even two of the sequels, depending on who you ask, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, saying something because it's not directed by Wes. It's not written by Kevin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, although this one's not written by Kevin either, but there you go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... You can really tell who this one's written by. It no. was written by about 20 different pe- people. At least so it's a little... three people, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it's into a bit it. Much. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, what else? I, what yeah. else? Um, uh... trying to think what... I mean, it's it it works, weirdly enough. I, I was surprised that it actually it had a story. It, it, it a has story. a point yes. of view yes. about where horror is now and yes. fandom especially toxic fandom yes. which i like i like that, that i think fun some people are misreading what they were saying at the end but i do think oh yeah you know, of course because now you get people out there being like oh you can't say anything bad about this movie because look at the end of this movie they said the toxic <laughs> fandom that's toxic fandom if you criticize a movie even one little bit and i'm like okay then <laughs> you must really think that scream five is the best movie ever and if you say anything wrong about it you will yeah. you know you're and it's like that's not what they were saying at all they were saying like just don't no. be a dick basically and don't yeah uh, be entitled and 
that can mm-hmm. that can come from both sides. I've seen people that like love Absolutely. a movie so much that they're like, never ruin this movie. You you may not touch this movie or do anything different after mm-hmm. this movie. And then there are people on the other side. They're like, this movie's so terrible. I don't want. I, I want I want you to do something completely different in the next one, and like and mm-hmm. because I say so, and I have ownership over this franchise, and it's all about me, and I don't give a shit about anyone else, yeah. whether they like the movie, which is kind of what the characters in the movie, this movie, are. Um, exactly. I will say, I yeah, guess I mean, Jack Quaid like ten minutes into the yeah, movie, but that, whatever. That was the thing was that the killers were pretty obvious, and I did not get anything spoiled ahead of time. No, I was very good, yeah. but. There was a moment, especially in the hospital scene, where the killer pop pops out and stabs him in the arm. Yeah. And this is a killer who, at, up to, to this point, has proven to be pretty merciless. Yeah. And I thought, okay, they're just going to stab him in the arm and just keep on going. I was like, mm-hmm. mm, sketchy. Yeah. And I thought, okay, he's in on it somehow. So he's one. Sure. And then the other is, what, what's what's her name? Amber or something. Yeah, she Amber. just kind of... Yeah. Some of the new kids don't have a lot of personality, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, some are great, and some I was just kind of like, eh, on, so. It was a mixed bag in that. It's like some of them yeah. you, you really connected with, and other ones, yeah. If the performance from the actor was good, like, that made you, that made it more charming, mm-hmm. but if it wasn't so great, yeah, it was like, yeah. and the, the whoever it was that played Amber, I was like, okay, I'm not really, you know, getting much from this character at all. Um, yeah. So when it was revealed mm-hmm. to be her, I was She's like, fine. all right, that's, all right, <laughs> whatever. It's um, like. I liked her after she was revealed to be a yeah, killer. Yeah, and, and Jack Quaid was really good at the end. He has a very, like, yeah, Stumacher, like, manic vibe to him. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it worked. As soon as Dewey, like, pegged him, I was like, this is probably going to be him. And then when Dewey was killed, yeah. which we both predicted mm-hmm. would happen. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the score kind of gave it away, too, but whatever. Uh, it still fucking hurt. <laughs> God damn it. It hurt. It hurt. <laughs> um, it was... <sighs> kind of the safest choice of the three but it was the one that made yeah. the most sense too because he's been through so much shit at this point i mean gail has to she's been shot well she got shot again in this oh, movie god, yeah. god damn it she got <laughs> shot i think in the same place that she yeah. got shot oh my and god. screamed too <laughs> i'm glad she was still able to do shit though because i thought they were just gonna have her get shot well, yeah. and just like lay there the rest of the movie i thought so too yeah. when she when she when she was like sid go finish this i was like yeah. god damn it i just let her have some fun yeah. too yeah and then here she comes in the last act and just kicking some serious ass. I was like, that's our Gail. She, you, there she is. What, how old is she? She's like 50 or something. She shoots a teenager, which is kind of awesome, but weird. <laughs> and, then, and then she catches on fire. fire. <laughs> and then when she pops back up at the end, all crispy, I about died. Yeah. I thought this is the funniest shit. Yeah. And she just keeps, she's charging at him with the knife. It's insane. And then they just shoot her in the head. It's so great. <laughs> oh, it made me happy. And there were, there were moments definitely when I was like, this is great. This, the, the kills were, Absolutely. the kills were all, you know, very well done. Um, oh yeah. It's got some decent suspense. I wouldn't say it's a scary movie, but it, it does have some good... No. None of them are particularly scary, so there's that, you know. Um, yeah, the uh, the Judy Wes yes. scene, I thought, was the best that one. That was very, That one was like, very oh, tense. shit, what's going to happen? There was a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I like how the camera just, like, lingered on Dylan in the shower. I'm like, here's some, you know... <laughs> This is what we're here for. Oh, yeah. He, he's adorable. He's yeah. so adorable. Yeah. Even with that ridiculous blonde hair. Blonde hair. I was like, oh, That felt like so sweet. a callback to, like, the, the late 90s or when everybody had the, the blonde. Oh, yeah. It's, it's also it's coming back. It's also become one of those uh, gay things, I guess. Like, when when you're supposed to get blonde hair when you're in, like, a distress or something. Oh Have you heard that? Like, I that's know. a thing. I'm I like, don't okay. get it. It's so weird. I'm like, but it doesn't work on, like, 
hardly anybody. Yeah. And so when people get it, I'm like, oh, baby, no. Mm-hmm. No, you got to die that back immediately. Yeah. Uh, Blonde is just not for everybody. Yeah, it's true. It, it's it's a choice. And uh, doesn't always, Bless them. It doesn't always work. Um, <laughs> I liked uh, Mindy. Was it Mindy? The uh, um, yes. Jasmine's boy, Brown. She was good. I liked her. Mindy was a hoot. Yeah. And queer. I, queer. That was good. I'm going to say this might be controversial. Mm-hmm. I like her a little bit more than like Kirby and Randy a bit. Oh, yeah. I just thought she was more like, I don't know. I would rather hang out with her of the yeah. three. I feel like she'd be more fun. She was more chill, you know? Uh, yeah. She wasn't as kind of know-it-all about everything. It was just kind exactly, of like... Exactly, which I like. Yeah, it was kind of like all of her comments were just sort of to the side, like, oh, maybe this could happen, or yada, yada, yada. Whereas, yeah. you know, Kirby and Randy were very like, this is how things work. This is how this yeah. is going to happen. And <laughs> I know this is going to happen because I've seen a million different movies, and this is how it goes. <laughs> Um, and you want to know why she's so chill? Because Martha was her mother. Yeah, it's true. And she just raised her right, as loving, I knew she would. Loving, 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 loving. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, her brother, you know, even though he didn't get a lot to do, I, I kind of like that he wasn't just like a typical jock character. He was, you know, he was, yeah, he was fun. You yeah. know, he was kind of funny. And uh, um, Kyle Gallner got like thing. nothing to do in this. He was like there for two Poor seconds. Kyle. <laughs> I think he had what two lines? Yeah, I don't know. And he 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 was just like, "I'm gonna go rumble with you in the parking lot or some shit," and then he was dead in the next scene. Yeah, one of the jets. Like, what's got that him. about? Yeah, I'm not really sure because he didn't really have a connection with anybody in the group. Really? No. Uh, just that one girl who was like the yeah the I one girl who I've already forgot her name too. Uh, yeah. Live maybe we'll go with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, and she didn't get yeah. a lot to do either. Um, well, and they even make a point of saying that she's too boring to be the killer. At yeah, one point. yeah, which <laughs> is like, true. You can't be the killer. You're really boring. Which is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Did did she get killed? I don't remember. I think. Oh, she, she got, got shot, shot right. by Amber. Okay, yeah, that, that reveal right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are already parts of the movie I've, I've like kind of forgotten, so I, I want to see it again to get yeah. another. I do too. I need to see it again, and yeah, because um, yeah, this movie had a few more sur- survivors than I thought. I, I it, there's there's like four of the new ones. Yeah, survive. Yeah, they left. Um, you know, Jenna Ortega. Is that her, is that her name? Yeah, that's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yeah, they left her alive. Or Tara. There we go. And mm-hmm. uh, which was an interesting little twist there at the beginning because uh, you think she's yeah. going to die like every other opening sequence, mm-hmm. and they were like, nope, she survived, and uh, yeah, she was actually more interesting to me than. Samantha Carpenter, yeah, I but so too. You know. I was like, wouldn't this be more fun if like they killed Sam at the hosp- hospital yeah. too, and yeah. then Tara had to take over the reins? I think I so. That would be more fun. I think so. I guess they're leaving like an extra little twist. Yeah, I guess they're leaving Sam because they're going to keep doing stuff with this Billy. Maybe she'll be a killer later on or something. But um, it's it's <laughs> like there's only so far you can go with it. And she's like 26, yeah. and the other kids are like 16. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are you going to do in the next one? Like yeah. you know it. it uh, exactly. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's like, how is that going to fit in? You yeah. know, like, is she yeah. just, just going to be, like, lurking around the high school being, like, just catching up, making yeah. sure there's no ghost faces in here? Like, <laughs> just checking on you guys. I'm a cool sister. Okay. <laughs> you need anything? Snacks? Condoms? <laughs> okay, now I'm excited about part six. <laughs> we'll see. It's doing better than I guess I thought it was going to do at the, the box office, yeah. so that's that's good. It's doing really well, especially given all the you know it. the timing is absolutely terrible. So the fact that it's yeah. making more money than people thought that's that's a plus. So that's good. 
apparently it knocked that fucking Spider-Man off the number one spot. <laughs> so, true. Ha ha. Although that has been there like five weeks, but yes, it did it's finally true. knock it off. Yeah, it's true. I think it's been there since last March. Yeah. I, don't, I don't keep up with this, this stuff, but it's been there people a while. seem to like that movie. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, Exciting. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I don't know. It was um, good. Like I said, kind of, kind of predictable, but at the same time, there were enough little... Uh, twists and turns in it that I was like, okay, I'm, you got my attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. um, what was the other thing I was going to say about it? I like kind of liked how they implied that Kirby is still alive. Apparently, there's a little line I about that. I heard that. I didn't catch that. But I didn't either. Somebody else mentioned me it. I was like, okay, it's like a little All right. Easter egg on like a yeah. YouTube video or something. Yeah, something about like something. how she survived in one of the stab movies. So the implication is mm-hmm. that she survived in the actual fringe. I I, I don't know. I mm-hmm. I'll have to watch it again to get that. And and then they imply that Sydney ended up with Mark, who was in the movie. I did notice today. that when she said, "Oh yeah, Mark's got the kids." Yeah. I'm like, "Mark is in Mark Kincaid." Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it could be any Mark, but I, I think they're probably yeah. implying anyway that that's – or at least they want to give fans the option of it, assuming that. Um, I don't know. They're like, come on, Patrick Dempsey. Come on back to the Scream world. I would be – yeah, he's – I wouldn't be mad about that. He's pretty good in this one. Be interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess that means – I guess she was with him in Scream 4, too. We just didn't know it. Yeah, because they don't really talk about her personal life too much in Scream 4. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's possible. Uh, hmm. Fascinating. That's – uh, that's the only thing about like bringing back Martha and potentially Mark to me that I'm like, oh damn! Now I have to consider Scream Three canon because I usually I just kind of ignore it as this sort of separate thing that didn't happen. I'm like, god damn it! That means Roman is doing shit. And, god, you'll never get rid of Roman. Mm-hmm. He's always lurking behind the scenes with his camera and everything else. Of course, um, getting those hotel videos. Mm-hmm. So sneaky. Um, oh, the stuff was good about like the I like the requel conversations and stuff about like the mm-hmm. the elevated horror stuff. You know that was yeah. that was that's pretty good. I I do think the the some of the commentary felt a little like on top of everything else as opposed to in the original mm-hmm. scream. Everything was I think a little more cohesive. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. felt like the the meta stuff and the horror stuff were like really in tandem. Whereas this one, it was pretty close, but I do think it was more of a straight up slasher with some stuff on top. If that makes any right. sense, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, it was, that was interesting. Um, and it's a weird thing where like, <clears throat> sorry, I'm like coughing up along here. <clears throat> how dare you? How dare you? Um, <laughs> they talk about, you know, requels and they kind of poke fun at it. But at the same time, this movie is a requel still. You know, it's, it's yeah, one of those yeah. things where like this movie was <clears throat> pretty much entirely God, I'm literally dying over here. <clears throat> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> no. This movie was the episode where Kevin dies this, on air. This is yes. Uh, I, I say one bad thing about any of the screen movies, and suddenly <laughs> I start getting they put a curse on you. <laughs> Would not be surprised. <laughs> um, I, I thought this movie was pretty much what I expected for to be going in, um, which is not mm-hmm. a bad thing per se. But I, I think right. the fact that four exists now made this one. I don't know. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Four has issues. Four has plenty of issues. Um, but right. but because four exists, it was like that film was very much like fuck reboots. We don't want any new people, and then we get this new one that's basically here's the new people, and we're passing the torch. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I expected that to happen. You know, I knew that was yeah. that's really the only way you can continue this franchise at this point is to mm-hmm. li- pass the torch, as they say. You know, to new people, right. and um, 
Um, uh, so I, I, I get why they went this route. And I think they made the sort of the best version of that um, because I've seen yes. some requels that are not good. Most of them are not good. Um, uh, most, yeah, they're yeah. pretty meh. Yeah. Even uh, the uh, when they brought back Star Wars, they did something similar to this. They brought back a lot of the legacy characters and uh, yeah. it was kind of passing the torch to the new characters or whatever. But it was just, mm-hmm. it just felt very like fan fiction-y. And parts of this yeah. did, but most of it I think felt cohesive enough with the franchise. And I think that was... That is something that's good to their, you know, I commend them for that. Yes. It didn't feel super fan fiction-y like it could have. Yeah. So that was that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the hardest part about any future screams is just trying trying to find out who are the killers, what are their motives? Because yeah. it's, it's at the point now where it's like it's starting to feel like it's sort of recycled. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like even the killers in this seem like little pieces of other killers Very throughout much. the franchise yes. just kind of pieced to, 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 together and yeah. so it's it's at that point where it's just like okay what's the reasoning behind the killings it needs to be something a little more personal yeah I agree um, yeah. and, and, then, and then of course if they bring back Sydney and Gale they're going to have to find a good way to bring them back which at this point I don't know how because yeah. if they just left left it where it it is now with those those two mm. I'd be fine to be honest just let them be happy yeah you know maybe bring them in a zoom call or something but like we don't really need them back in i did think it was pretty smart at least the best way that they could have brought them back in this Mm -hmm. was the route they took you know having dewey be killed and that be sort of the um uh catalyst for bringing Mm -hmm. for them coming back to woodsboro because i like the fact that he's like sydney don't come back i will handle this and the thing that brings her back is because he was wrong essentially and he you know got killed and Mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty smart i I do wish there would have been like a funeral sequence for him or something but you know a lot a lot of people died so you probably would have had to have like some like mass like a mass (laughs) funeral (laughs) remember we talked about doing like remember when every like the audio visual thing in the arms of an angel Martha's like playing guitar and like <laughs> singing. Oh my god! If only that would be so great. <laughs> if only, yeah. Oh, um, I would watch that. Movie. I would too. I would too. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I just kind of need to see it again. Uh, but it's yeah, yeah, it, uh, definitely net positive. So that's again that that mm-hmm. is saying something in itself because my expectations yeah, were so fucking low that. going into this movie. Same. You know. I was like, if this is another fucking Halloween 2018, so help me God, I'm going to flip a table mm-hmm. and start screaming. Yeah. But absolutely. I was not scowling the entire time. So I was no. like, this is good. This is no, good. No, this, this is a plus. This is definitely a plus. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, at first, though, when they reintroduced Dewey, I was like, uh-oh. Is this going to be, like, a weird, like, dark, it was a little, you know, depressing, yeah, depressing Dewey? Yeah. and. I mean, it, they kind of go there, but mm. he's still likable and sweet, and so There's it's not still as bad little as bits of humor. And I will say, not all the quips are as clever as Kevin Williamson's. In fact, most of them are not. But well, every once in a while, you get yeah. a, one or two that are—I can't remember specific off the top of my head. But like, there was one that was funny about him that was like he's the sh- shitty Sam. El- yeah, Elliot that was or good. That some, was good. Something, and yeah. that made me laugh. There were a few that made me. Gail had a good one toward the end, but I can't remember what it was. But I'll have to rewatch it. And uh, yeah, she had a few. I like the um, what was the one where she, she just like she's like, listen, new girl or something. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty good. She did seem a little mellowed out in this one, and maybe that's just mm-hmm. age. But I think they kind of wrote her that way too, where she's just kind of yeah. not as 
uh, go-getter about everything, and she's kind of content well, it, with just being on the morning show yeah. and everything else. And, yeah. I think that's what it is, is that she kind of finally got her dream of, like, yeah. you know, being on this, this, this big show, and yeah. she's kind of content. And... and I kind of feel like she didn't mourn enough for Dewey, but yeah. I get that they had to move the plot along. You don't want to just see her crying yeah. for, like, a couple hours, but it was just kind of like, oh, he was my friend. I'm like, he was your husband for, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> quite a while there. Uh, it's like, are we dropping that whole plot line yeah. out? Like, well, <laughs> alrighty then. Um, like, I know things between exes can be weird, but still, like, they were, you know, <laughs> yeah. together for quite a long And it was, it was, this was the first one where the killers didn't have any connection to Sydney, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. They were sort yeah. of doing their own thing, and, um, it was, but you know, it, yeah. at this point, it makes sense. Right. We don't need more random relatives popping in, even though yeah. that's kind of what they did with oh the lead, but whatever. Um, uh, well, oh, yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. Um, but, uh. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it was a. Uh, if she has one more, like, murderous aunt or un- yeah. uncle or Neil Prescott finally loses his shit, I mean, I, that, that would just be a bit much. One of my favorite characters in 4 is the lush aunt who is just like, oh, why, why does my sister <laughs> yeah. get. <laughs> My sister she has gets all three the... lines of dialogue. I know, I know, but I love that she's like, "Oh, well, I have trauma too." Why does my sister get I have all the scars? <laughs> no one ever talks about my scars. I just love her. Glug, glug, glug. I just love her. I love this one. Uh, More with her, please. More with her. Yeah. <laughs> It's like stabbed through a door or something. I, I, yeah. We need to stop stop stabbing people through doors and uh, bathroom <laughs> stalls and everything else. Scream like I just don't buy it. I'm these sorry. Knives are way too knives. sharp. Yeah, come on. I mean, I've never tried it myself, things. but I'm pretty sure I don't have the upper body strength to put this through a door, you know? Hell no. no. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was good. It was it was surprisingly yes, surprisingly yes. good. Yes. And, uh, so go check so it out. Go and know? see it. You yeah. People seem to like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For yes. the most part. I mean, some are like, it's the worst movie of the franchise, and everyone well, who made it should be shot in the face. And you're like, okay, calm down, girl. Like... You know, it's the, that bad. everything's polarizing these days. So either you're gonna, mm. either it's the best thing that's ever been made ever in the entire universe, mm-hmm. or it's just absolute <laughs> horseshit. And why would you waste your time yeah. on this? You know, <laughs> despite the fact that I feel like again, the end of the movie was trying to sort of temper off those feelings and be like, hey, maybe just yeah. like be cool and respectful to people, and yeah. even if they like it or dislike it, just like don't be entitled and think that you know you mm-hmm. you own this franchise or anything. Which I thought I liked that message. I thought that was good. This, this, this film has a positive, uplifting message. I think so. Doesn't it? I think so. Mm. Um, oh, and I did like this random, but I did like how they teased the gold mask and made it seem like it was going to be this big plot point, oh, and yeah. it was just like this random, like it's YouTube just like a video. little scene from Stab Eight or <laughs> yeah, some shit. That was clever. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 like this was a pretty self-aware movie. It, it didn't lean as hard into mm. the comedy, but it still had you know some self-aware. The fact that they were like oh, you know, we're going to call this the title of the original and that's stupid and everything else. And mm-hmm. I still don't like that they call this Scream, but still, I get where yeah. they're going for it. You know, they're like, it's... I understand it yeah, more now. I do too. At, at, at least they poked yes, fun at, at the least they poked fun they did it. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was good. So good for uh, them. Yes. Uh, because otherwise I would say it is still very much Scream 5, you know? it's Oh, absolutely. Yes, it is sort of teetering away from the core three, but it is still... Scream 5, you know, it's still, the Stab movie still exists, they're still making references mm-hmm. to everything that came before it, and the, there's a lot of references to the previous movies and everything else, so it's, it's, um, it's Stab 5, you know, it's Stab 5, Scream 5, yes. Yeah. It's not Stab 5, it doesn't have time travel that we know of <laughs> <laughs> yet. They're gonna save that for Scream 6. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, we'll see. Um, alright, well, we don't have to talk about Scream 3, do we? 
Uh, oh yeah, so we're done. Uh, hope 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 you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to see Scream Three, it's on Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. Go Check find it. it. Check it out. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> this is a surprise gotcha, gotcha. episode. Gotcha. You thought we were, we were talking about Scream Three, and we didn't. We like to play pranks. What's your favorite prank? I don't know. Whoopee cushion. <laughs> Putting someone's hand in water at a sleepover and watching them pee. That's a good one. A classic. The classics never die. Which I've never done that, but I hear it's Me neither. It's never too late, right? Yeah. Why don't adults have sleepovers? Come on. Probably because my house is a wreck and I don't want to have people over. We would be all so much better adjusted if we were were just like, you know what? This Friday night, pizza and sleepover. We'd all pass out at like 10 o'clock, but that's okay. Yeah, that, that, that is all right. It's time for one movie. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. You don't need the whole marathon. Yeah, bring back bring back sleepovers and make those a thing, you know? Yeah, adult sleepovers. And uh, anyway, okay, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of movies I used to watch at sleepovers, uh, yeah, Scream 3. Here, Scream 3. Uh, wonderful, wonderful transition there. And um, <laughs> I'm known for my transition. I, I heard on the street. They call me Transition Creosh. Uh, okay. We love transition. No one ever said that. No one said that, but you did. I can start a thing t- today. Today? <laughs> today. Junior. Chardonnay. All right. The year is 2000. The millennium. You know? Everybody. Everybody's still pretty hungover from the partying in 1999. It seems like most people have survived the dreaded Y2K bug that we know of. Ah, uh, that's the twist. None of us survived. Uh, we're all in the Matrix. Nobody knows that, but shh, don't <laughs> tell anybody. It's all fever dream. <laughs> I think so. This is also when that kind of 90s quippy teen horror cycle is starting to show some wear. You know, the big box office hits of 99 were stuff like... The Blair Witch Project and The Sixth Sense and Sleepy Hollow and The Haunting, which is terrible, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, still has a Blu-ray. It still has a Blu-ray now. And uh, also some creature features like Deep Blue Sea and Lake Placid, R.I.P. Betty White and uh, oh, Betty, hey Betty girl, Bats, which I don't remember anything about, but it exists. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, it had Lou Diamond Phillips, right? That's all I remember. Yes, if I recall. Yes. And. You know, a big part of that was also because of the Columbine High School Massacre in April of 1999. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure most of our listeners know what that is by now, but you know, it was this big mass school shooting, um, the first of many in the United States, sadly. Uh, unfortunately. Now, yeah. unfortunately, it's like a Tuesday, sadly. And, it really uh, is, yeah. It's like, there's another one. Yeah, little did we know. But at the time, it was very, very shocking. Not that it's not shocking now, but unfortunately, it's just... Uh, I hate how typical it is now. I, just, I, just, I you yeah. know, I hate that. But you know, at the no time, no one ever does any any anything about it. Nope. So here we are. But uh, they they did try to do something about it the, this first time. Yes, they, they tried to blame them. They the decided they were going to blame the, the movies. <laughs> so they get the Christian Coalition up on the stand. <laughs> Johnny Cochran comes in. Bob Dole on the witness stand in yeah. my defense. <laughs> but yeah, there was all this scrutiny placed on the role of media and society and video games and film and um this has always kind of been there but anytime something bad happens we of course want to point the fingers at finger at that and uh Mm -hmm. 
And especially because there had been all these slashers in the 90s that were really about real people killing each other uh, instead of, like, supernatural boogeyman figures like in the 80s. I think there was more of a tendency to be like, these slashers, they they got to go. You know, they're way too taboo because there are there are teenagers in high schools killing each other in, in these movies. So they just, you got to stop. Nox, Noxzema girl in yep. that urban legend film. Mm-hmm. She's an icon. Yes. Kids watch her. Yep. She's taking out people's kidneys. <laughs> they think, think of the children. I'm just sad that they can't acknowledge what an icon she is, but whatever. I know. If they had any taste whatsoever, they'd be, like, igniting, like, some sort of petition to get her put in bronze in a exactly. town hall some, exactly. somewhere. Yeah. You know? Ah, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. Mm, I love her. She but... makes my heart gay. She really does. <laughs> my heart is gay for Rebecca. My heart. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but Scream was still a pretty major property for Dimension Films. So even though, well, they greenlit it before um, Columbine, so that was the thing yes. too. They and Kevin Williamson had already been contracted to come back, and so had Wes Craven. Kevin had already written a five-page outline for what he wanted. Um, and uh, but there had been a little break between the second one and the third one, and in that time, Wes had gone and directed Music of the Heart with Meryl Streep mm-hmm. and Angela Bassett and Aidan Quinn. At, at all a lot of people and uh but anyway the very evil bob and harvey White, weinstein approached kevin williamson in early 99 to pursue a full full script for scream 3 but the problem was at this point kevin williamson had like a million things on his plate he was doing <laughs> yeah. he was doing dawson's creek he was working on this other series called wasteland that didn't last very long um he also signed on to direct teaching mrs tingle which he wrote mm-hmm. and he had been trying to get this film up and going for years he actually wrote it before scream um Mm -hmm. so just a lot of things going on so you can't really blame him for being like you know i need to focus on these other projects for a second um it was really the studio that was like we're gonna do this without you you know they they were like we can't wait anymore and that's unfortunate because i think they could have waited a little bit but uh, they sure could have i know they were trying to capitalize on the you know the, the the trend here but at the same time like you know just give it a little bit of time uh because the the stars were busy too. A lot of them had stuff going on. Yeah. We'll, we'll I'll get to that in a second. But um, because of all of his commitments, Kevin just wrote this sort of twenty thirty page draft outline, and he sent that to the studio. And in that outline, it had Ghostface returning to Woodsboro um, while this film crew was there making a movie called Stab Three, which sounds familiar because they kept that. And. Uh, at the end of that movie, the killers were going to be this fan club of Woodsboro kids, except there would be this twist that they didn't actually kill anybody, and it was this April Fool's Day type thing where they all rose up and, uh, gotcha, Sydney, you know? Um, <laughs> so that didn't end up happening. Uh, and also, there's always conflicting reports about this, but I guess Stu Mocker was going to be the mastermind behind all of it. Something like Something that. like yeah. that. And he was going to be in prison, which I don't really associate Stu as being a a smart mastermind type person, but no, I'm just picturing him with like a TV still on his head for some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, it just, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I don't know why. He, yeah. His face would have had to been like completely scarred up. And I just, I just don't buy <laughs> yeah, it. I, I don't either. <laughs> and it seems goofy. And it's usually, um, Matthew Lillard who points that out. Like, I don't usually hear Kevin Williamson talk about that much. So yeah. maybe it was intended intentional. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Uh, well, he yeah, because I think he's said like he was signed on to was start signed on. to shoot the yeah. movie. So yeah. at some point, like they must have changed 
things like right before they were going going to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense because there were so many changes throughout this process. It's hard to know like when mm-hmm. something was added, when it was changed. Um, yeah. Our friends over at Horror Queers just did a, an interview with Kevin Williamson. Uh, oh, it's a great one. It's good. Yeah. It's only 30 minutes, and they, like, point blank ask him some, like, interesting questions, which is they really do really good. They, they ask him about Scream 3, and he just, like, comes right out and says, he's like, yeah, this doesn't work, <laughs> and uh, this doesn't yeah. work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. I don't like this. Uh, but yeah. then he also acknowledges, you know, the fact that he would have liked to write this movie, which mm-hmm. um, all of us would have liked to see that, too, but it yeah, didn't happen. like that, too, Kevin. We yeah. really would have. If only. So. <laughs> yeah, it it feels like with Scream Four, he was trying to kind of maybe write that wrong a bit because it does yeah. go back to Woodsboro, and there is that sort of like fan club aspect. Yeah, there were parts of it, that, like and that, he so. he took the killer behind bars concept and put that in his his show, The Following. Right. Um. So he at least got to use bits and pieces of this in other projects. Mm-hmm. Um. And who knows? You know, maybe it still wouldn't have been great with his script, but you, you never know. I mean, yeah. it's just. That, but I I do think the characters would have been more in tune with the first two movies than they are in this movie. Right. And that makes a big big difference because these movies are such character-driven films, mm-hmm. uh, which is rare for horror films, you know? You don't Incredibly see that. Incredibly rare. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, so the Weinsteins then hired Aaron Kruger, who was known for Arlington Road at the time. And he comes in, and he reads all of Kevin Williamson's notes, and he watches the movies. And, uh, you know, he does his best here. He tries to at least keep the tone somewhat. But then Columbine happens, and they have to make... The studio is, the studio doesn't want any violence on... Well, any violence involving teens, essentially, on films, which I think is a big part of the reason why this film mostly revolves around adults in Hollywood as opposed mm-hmm. to teens at a small high school in the middle of nowhere. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we just saw what happened with Columbine at that time. Right. And um, uh, and they thought that the film should focus more on the comedic elements um, while reducing the really outright violence. Not that these movies were ever that violent to begin with, frankly, but at least in terms of gore, you know, there was never that much gore in any of these movies. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think Scream, Scream Two always feels the goriest to me. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, Scream One has that you know opening scene with Steve and stuff, but like, yeah. Other than that, it's not super gory. It's just your yeah. typical stab here and there. Yeah, it's not too yeah, ex- that. extreme. Like, yeah. no one ever gets like decapitated in these movies. Or no, I can remember. I don't yeah, think. it was it was never an extremely violent. Four Four had a couple things in it, but it but that was yeah. after the fact. That was after all this stuff mm-hmm. had died down. Um, oh yeah, and the. the the, you know, the MPAA was also slashing stuff even more now as a result, and studios were too scared to take up slashers. So, again, I think that's a big part of the reason we started to get all these supernatural movies instead. They were like, let's mm-hmm. pivot to something else because nobody wants to see this these slashers anymore because they're too taboo at the moment. Um, whether that was true yeah, or not, a, I don't know. really weird to think about how this was 2000, and yeah. then in 2003 – you had like the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre remake, right, exactly. and you had Saw, Saw and yeah. all of a sudden it was like hardcore gore, where yeah. the MPAA cut like three frames yeah. at the most, and it was just at this point now. I mean, the stuff the stuff that they can just play on like a- AMC now yeah. is more intense than some of the stuff in these, like, late 90s it's true. Sl- slashers. It's true. It's, it's ridiculous. Now it seems like it's more about the sex. Like, we don't want to show anything remotely sexual, oh, no. you know, but we can show because any no sort of violence, you know? It's, yeah. it's, um, but, yeah, it's true. That did not last long at all. 
I, I think 9-11 probably had a big impact on that. I think everybody mm-hmm. was just had all this rage after that happened, and they wanted to blame yeah. someone, and we were okay with having movies that were more, like, visceral and uh, yeah, cutting off eyeballs movies. and ang- yeah. very angry movies, yeah. Yeah, just um, very, like, not nihilistic and just yes, very much. mean and mm-hmm. just... Ugh. All the comedy that was in all the 90s ones were pretty much gone. Oh, it was just like... It was all gone. It was, it was just... <laughs> bye. Yeah they, um, yeah, they scrubbed that right out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else about this one? Um, you know, Aaron Kruger has admitted that he, you know, he did his best, but it was hard because he was just coming in and trying to make the script work, and uh, he didn't really have a connection to these characters or anything else, so there was that. They also eventually brought in another writer who people don't talk about very much, but it was that Leda Calogridis, um, mm-hmm. and she did a bunch of uncredited um, rewrites. I don't know what she wrote and what she didn't write. I think in that... I only know about, about her because of that still screaming documentary that they right. interview her. Um, even the Wikipedia page doesn't mention her at all, which is kind of strange because That's it sounds weird. like she has some um, uh, significant additions to this movie. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there were even more people that they brought in. Because I wouldn't be either. The, the Weinsteins love to do that shit. Yeah. They, they, they thought more was better, you know, just keep. Oh, yeah. The, they would. Because eventually. Aaron, Aaron Kruger was totally pulled from this project and put on a different mm-hmm. project, and that was why they yeah. brought in um, Leda. So she made mm-hmm. additions to the script as well and um, changes and everything as well. Um, and I guess Aaron had originally written Sidney Prescott as more of this kind of Linda Hamilton, badass-type character, and Craven was kind of like, okay, tone that down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> although, to be fair, like Sidney gets like nothing to do in this movie, and it's partly because of Nev's um, schedule, but like either she's just sitting alone yeah. in her house sad or she's sitting in a police office sad or she's sitting in a bathroom sad i'm like okay <laughs> it's a very sad it's a very sad her. sydney movie mopey sydney prescott um she does get some great movies. everybody's favorite victim she's awesome at the end i will give you that like she she kicks yes. she kicks ass at the end but everything leading up to that and a big part of that is because of um nev's filming schedule she was busy with party five and she was doing drowning mona with drowning mona, jamie yeah. lee curtis and ben midler yeah. and danny devito and uh, oh, no one talks about it anymore but at the time it was like oh they're all together yeah, in the you same got the movie this two is scream queens in a movie let's and, yeah, and bet miller's there yeah it's fun yeah it i was... think i don't really remember much about the movie but i think it was it, it was all right i, don't know, I tried to rewatch it like a while back and it just wasn't in the mood for it so maybe i'll give it yeah. a, a go at some point um yeah although i do think the reason she's so sad in this is, is not just the stuff with her mom but yeah. the fact that her haircut is terrible <laughs> i don't know if that's a wig or if that was her hair at the this time it's not it's the like, strongest it's kind of a mullet <laughs> I don't know what it is. This is the weakest hair film of yes. (laughs) We're not even going to get into Courtney. We're not going to even talk about those fucking bangs. Yeah, (laughs) everybody talks about the bangs. We've heard enough about the bangs. bangs. (laughs) Oh, the bangs! Oh, it's so sad. Although I do love that in Scream Five there is a mention of the bangs, and she's like, "Don't ever let me get bangs again." Yes, (laughs) this is true. That's good. Self-aware enough to know that people are. I've talked about that for a long time. Yes. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, David Arquette had just done a bunch of movies too. He did Never Been Kissed and some other stuff in the ni- late ni- 1999 there. So um, uh, everybody was pretty busy. So they tried to get him there mm-hmm. as much as they could. They could only get Nev for 20 days, which is why she's kind of off doing her own th- own thing for most of this movie. They at least try to make it seem like she's part of the plot, but often it is very like, yeah. let's see what Neb's doing. All right, back to what's actually happening in the movie. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, oh, she's talking with her dad, taking her dog taking for a dog. walk. Oh, making googly eyes at Kincaid nice. in, in his office. All right, yeah. cool. 
Um, <laughs> and then the rest of the cast is mostly just the cat stab cast and crew. You know, you got Emily Mortimer, Parker motherfucking Posey, who's the, the standout oh, performance of this MVP. whole thing. The best thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, of course, known for the Christopher Guest films, and then she did Josie and the Pussycats, and everything she does is just fantastic. It's wonderful. Pretty much, yeah. She's just a treasure. She's just wonderful. And you had Matt Kiesler and uh, anti-vaxxer queen Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> uh. Oh, God, that's true. Uh, oh, I think, w- was this before she lost her mind? I, I, I don't think, know. Or... Probably, like, maybe right yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> just like how uh drop dead gorgeous was right before kirstie alley like went off the handle <laughs> it's the movie that made her go insane i don't know <laughs> like and now i'm a trump supporter because i did this movie you know what i'm looking at a whole town full of losers that's what i'm looking at <laughs> yeah kirstie yeah. alley would be a great murderer in the screen oh she would have been so good world just she would have been so out good. there yeah yeah like maybe like a weird aunt of sydney oh yeah you know? yeah they should have put her in Scream 4 as the aunt and oh, then have her be the reveal as the killer. How good <laughs> so would that great. have been? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, uh, what was? What could have been? Could have been. Yeah. Um, who else? You got Dion Richmond and Scott Foley, of course, as Roman. He was mostly known for Felicity, and he did some Dawson's oh, Creek, and so uh, there was that. Speaking of hair, haircuts that <laughs> rock the nation, fuck. <laughs> that one and the Rachel, you know? Everybody oh, was... Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't even watch the show, and I just remember everyone being like, "She cut her hair." It was a big it deal. Was terrible. It was. It was a. There was not much going on in the late nineties, so that was a big deal. Clearly, <laughs> that that was the big scandal <laughs> of the nineties. After Felicity haircut, after the whole impeachment trial, they were like, "What are we going to talk about now? Let's talk yeah. about Felicity's hair." <laughs> Monica, who? Let's talk about Felicity. <laughs> it's a fictional character. People, calm it's down. True. Yeah. And other than them, you got Patrick Dempsey, like we said, uh, Lance Henriksen, hello, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Patrick Warbutton, Kelly Rutherford, and uh, Lynn McGree as Maureen Prescott for like two seconds, mm-hmm. again. Um, in dreams. In dreams. And, and uh, voice, I'm assuming. Yes, I assume. That's her. A lot of voice cameos, because mm-hmm. somehow this killer knows how to get a dead person's voice on a voice oh, changer. Oh my god. Okay, this is like, okay. Well, I'm going to wait for it. But yes, I fucking hate oh, that God. so much. It makes no fucking oh, sense. God. And uh, It's so weird. I mean, how many samples of her voice did they have to create this little c- contraption? What What the hell? It would have made at least a little more sense if they did, like, pre-recorded audio files or something of these characters. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't make any sense okay. that he can make himself sound like no. literally anyone in the movie. It is science fiction. Anyone it in makes the, the movie science fiction. Like it's and it's such a big plot point too. Like it's it's not just something that happens once. It's like the entire movie is this stupid fucking science fiction. Yeah, it drives me nuts. It's, it's, it's like Roman called. He yeah. told me to meet him at the studio. No, I didn't. What are you talking about? They must have a voice change or with my number. Like what the hell? This is oh my god. It's Lord. so silly. It's just I, I can't believe no one on pr- the production team was like, "Hey Wes, uh, this doesn't really make any fucking sense. This is the year 2000, and we do not have this technology." <laughs> He's like, I know, but isn't it cool? <laughs> they're like, oh, whatever, Wes. You know what's best. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Christ on a cracker. I don't know what to do about that. Oh. You also get uh, our dear Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes from, you know, Jay and Silent Bob, which had a big yeah, crossover with a, this movie. It's a little weird. It's an odd scene. Thing. It is. Um, and of but course. But then in J- yes. Jay and Bob Silent Bob. Uh, uh, 
Jim, Silent Jim Bob, Bob Strike, Silent Back. Strike Back. Strike, Strike Back. There we go. Strike Back. I just had a stroke. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have Wes shooting a scream scene. Yes. In that with film, with Shannon Doherty, Shannon I believe. Doherty. Yes, which is fun. It's <laughs> great. So that's an interesting little crossover, but it, it does sort of yeah. hit home the fact that this movie was not taking itself seriously, like at all. So, oh no! If you have a Jay and Silent Bob cameo, yeah. the odds of this movie being taken seriously are very slim. Mm. Carrie Fisher is also in both movies. Also ridiculous characters in oh, both that's movies. Right. I forgot she, she was in that too. I, what was it with that time and yeah. the Weinstein's? They're like, you're going to be in all of these movies. Cross promotion or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. And she's fun in this. You know, she'd get some, oh, yeah. some little moments. And I heard she wrote like all of her dialogue. So that's, that's fun. Well, of course she did. She's a fucking queen. <laughs> she I mean, come on. She's like, this script is ridiculous. The voice changer. What are you talking about? You want me to tell you who you look like? I love that. <laughs> Oh, God. Judy Ju- Jergenstern. <laughs> that fucking name. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry, there's so much production stuff for this movie. It's just, there's a lot. It is. I'm, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But uh, it was shot around Hollywood in Southern California from July through September 1999. Uh, it had a pretty nice budget of $40 million, yada, yada, yada. Um, uh, originally, they didn't have that scene with... Um, Sydney being pursued by Ghostface in the set, which I love, actually. I oh, think that's no. like one that's of the best That's like scenes. the best part of the movie. It is. Yeah. I think it's really cool. But um, Craven was like, we got to do this. I think this would be a cool way of bringing it back to the original. So that was a good call. There you go, Wes. I knew he would. I knew He never lets us down. No. Yes. Um, it's usually the writers who let us down, and he has to sort usually. of deal with their shit. <laughs> <laughs> and this was even more chaotic than Scream 2, it sounds like, in terms of getting pages like the day of, to the point where the production team didn't even know what was going to happen. So they, they shot multiple versions of scenes in case something changed later on, and they had to sort of make it cohesive somehow with oh. a little bit of footage they already oh. shot. Um and uh, the opening scene, like we said in particular, had a lot of different versions. Also, the ending had a lot of different versions. There were some where, like, uh, she killed Roman very quickly and others where they had to extend it. I think that there was a big reshoot in January 2000 where they had to make a big reshoot where there was more of a, a drawn-out battle between her and Roman. And uh, Patrick's Dem- Patrick Dempsey's character, they had, like, three different versions of him, one where he died and one where he had a cast and one where he was just fine or... So it was all over the place. Uh, I, I just, it, it, it's almost like making a Jalo, you know? It's like making things yeah. up as you go here, as we talk about. Actually, this movie does have like a weird sort of European a little horror bit. vibe a at little times. Bit. Yeah. Just, just the stuff that doesn't really make sense. And mm-hmm. it's like the movie within the movie. And, mm-hmm. and, and the cast is like so much older than the last two. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a more mature kind of a movie. And all the mystery stuff. Yeah. There's a lot more mystery with Maureen. And it's her weirdly, past. it's like, yeah, it's like more mature in the sense they're older, but more immature in the sense mm-hmm. that it's like Scooby Doo characters <laughs> running around, like trying to solve some little mystery. But, yeah. uh, but it it does have a couple serious things about like uh, sort of all the behind the scenes, seedy parts of Hollywood, and um, yeah, these days that whole part is I think kind of more interesting. Yes, it, it's, especially the fact that it was made by the Weinstein. Yes, I'm like, oh exactly. my god. Yes. Did y'all read the script? Exactly. Like, did y'all ever say, hey, maybe we'll cut this part out yeah. because it's a little too close to home? Yeah, all the stuff with Maureen Prescott you know, was is pretty sad and like all this shit that yeah. happened with her and um, some of the other stuff is more jokey, like uh, characters mentioning the fact, well, I blew him, so you know, that's how I got this role. Yeah. And nowadays I don't think you can make a joke <laughs> like that, but at the time, you know, I don't think... <laughs> 
they really that. thought much of it. But. Freak out where she's like, I didn't fuck that pig Milton to <laughs> exactly. get a leading role just to die with second-rate celebrities exactly. like you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still think it's funny, but it's, I, I maybe I'm know, not the right we, one. We have, we have twisted <laughs> sense of, home, of humor, so what are you going to do? Um, and where she's like, uh, uh, I'm never sleeping with that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to sleep, sleep with, with that guy again. There we go. <laughs> Um, oh god it's just not played seriously at all so i feel like it's okay to laugh right. at it you know there's just so much that uh the only parts that are really played serious are with maureen when they start getting into mm. the backstory of it all and stuff so you yeah know. but anyway the film finally opened february 3rd 2000 um which is very early there. very early yeah in, in that yeah it did very well you know despite mm-hmm. the fact that it was not super well received critically it still made 162 million which is like 10 million less than one and two but still like that's nothing to scoff at for that time they still made a lot of money yeah and i want to say scary movie was coming out like a month or two after this it opened in like july yeah yeah Uh, i i really think it was the combination of columbine scream three and scary movie that really killed this this slasher boom here absolutely um yeah because after that you really only had like Cherry Falls, which was on TV because they couldn't even show it mm-hmm. in theaters, and Valentine somehow made it to theaters, but it, it was 2001, so maybe it's just enough time yeah. for some it stuff didn't to do blow. That well, I don't think. No, it didn't. Yeah, it was... uh, um, and movie. Yeah. Final Destination is really kind of a slasher too. It's a supernatural slasher, but it's still. I like to think so. I think so. I mean, I mean it still has you people have the being... teenage cast, yeah. body count, kind of stuff. But that one was interesting because it didn't have the quippiness to it for the most part. It was still mm-hmm. – it took itself a little more serious, which is funny yeah. because some of the sequels are just off the wall. Can't be <laughs> silly, but that one. Yeah, I think it got more ridiculous as it yeah. went along. Which tends to happen with these franchises, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, critics were not like extremely – it was just all over the map. Like it, Ebert mm-hmm. thought the characters were very thin, which they are. And uh, but he get this he praised uh, Campbell's performance, saying the camera just loves her. She could become a really big star and giggle at the clips from this at her AFI tribute. <laughs> oh, Rod, you dirty, dirty man! Siskel did not tune in from the grave because he died in 1999, so he did not have anything to say about this movie. Oh, but you know, no. what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> And then otherwise, everybody else was just kind of all over the map. Like I said, some people liked the lighter, campier tone because I think 2000 was a very, like, light, campy time. And we were still Mm – everything was uh, really silly from the late 90s still. And uh, all that stuff was – again, nothing really bad had happened except for Columbine. And, you know, so there was that. But a lot of critics thought it was just kind of a hot mess, which I can see. So, you know, there you go. It has a 41%, which I honestly think is a little generous, but there it is. and, uh, you know, that's the big stuff. Um, otherwise, I think we talked about, you know, the, the big overarching things here. It's 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 a very slick movie. It's very glossy. Um, oh, yes. Looks like it has some money in it. Yeah, which, to be fair, makes sense because they're making a movie in the movie. So it makes sense that the movie mm-hmm. would be the glossiest of them all, essentially. This one would be the yeah. sort of cleanest. And uh, um, did Patrick – yeah, Patrick came back for this one, too. Patrick um, – didn't he? Lucier? Yeah, I believe he did, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't yeah. remember. I, I can't remember if he came back for four. He, I don't it, think it, he did. Isn't that the one he 
didn't do? I don't think he did four, but he did do this okay. one. Um, which I can imagine this editing being such a fucking shit show, like oh God, having so much imagine? footage to work with and trying to make it into something that yeah, sort of makes like, sense. Which yeah. version of the scene do I cut together yeah. today? Who, who, like, who, who am I? Who am I here? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> God, I can't even imagine what that yeah. must have been like. So much, talk about stress. So much nutty. nutty. Um, oh. Uh, it's got a soundtrack again. It's got, you know, a lot it's of... It's got Creed. It's got Creed. It's got a lot of, like... Uh, what if? What if? Yeah, exactly. She's got a Creed poster in her bedroom, which I, I, I'm i like, why? She had a Indigo Girls poster, not a Creed that. poster, but... Yeah. Right. Why are they straight washing her? Exactly. Fuckers. Yeah. Creed. Um, what else was on that soundtrack? I can't It was like... Uh, Slipknot and like there. System of the Down. Yeah. It was, this, this was the kind of stuff that was I popular. Lincoln Park was on there Link, too. Mm, I don't see Lincoln Park, Maybe. but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if it was or on was there somewhere. Valentine? I don't know. That, I think that was Valentine. I think yeah. I get them all confused because yeah. at the same they're time, all the kind of the same thing. Buying the soundtracks yeah. left, right, and center back in the day. Yeah, it was a lot of like post grunge kind of metal type stuff. Yeah, like that mm-hmm. and Godsmack and Incubus and yeah, all those <laughs> yeah. bands. That was oh yeah. What a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> it was starting to get a little angsty here, even before uh, yeah. 9-11. There was some angst starting mm. to brew up here. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, I think most of the other big stuff we kind of touched on. So uh, what's going on, I guess? Well, Cotton Weary is back. Cotton Weary? And, uh, Cotton Weary? <laughs> and, uh, and so he's trapped on the LA freeway as most people are when they drive mm-hmm. there and it's just bumper to bumper there's an accident and he's talking to his agent and all like I don't want to do a cameo in some cheap slasher flick because I survived it I should have a fucking decent part and shit and he gets another call and he takes it and it's a woman that's like hello who are you he's like I don't know uh, this is uh, I don't know who you are like who are you trying to reach and she's like you sound like that cotton weary guy and I think he has a sexy voice. And he and he's like, well, thank you. And it's like, oh, my God, you are Cotton. I can't believe I'm talking to Cotton Weary. And then all of a sudden the voice switches and it turns into our favorite little ghost face. And he, he's all like, I'm in your apartment. I can see your girlfriend shower and stuff. And so Cotton freaks out and he... Um, he he's like, what do you want? And the ghost face is, is like, tell me where Sydney Prescott is. And he's like, no. And he's like, well, too bad. I'm going to kill her. So he, he runs out of the traffic and it's a race to try to get back home to save her. And in the meantime, the, her, his girlfriend, Christine steps out of the shower and is dr- dr- drying off and cotton can't get to her because Ghostface has cut the phone lines, yeah. you know? Um, I guess she didn't have a cell, a cell, a cell phone at that point. I don't know. You know, I don't like your little stab uh, games. Yeah, I'm like, like what kind of fucking stab games have yeah, they been playing? They, That's they, some fucking kinky shit. There's some role playing going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is like, is am I turned on or disgusted? I right. can't tell. Is Cotton the killer know. or the victim in these games? Yeah. That's what I want to know. He's probably the victim because he's, he's used to he that. He might be the victim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christine puts on the mask and's like <laughs> whipping him and shit. Yes. Oh, I'll be that the victim. That would have been a fun scene. All your life. Um, and then Ghostface appears by l- luring her in yeah. with the melodic sounds of Creed. And you get um, some like psycho homage with her in the shower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then she hears the noise and she's like, hello, Cotton. And you hear Cotton's voice Mm -hmm. saying like, hey, Christine, I'm home. And she's like, where have you been? Mm -hmm. And then surprise, it's not Cotton, it's Ghostface. And there's a big chase and she kicks him in the head and stuff. Mm -hmm. She runs into a room and locks the door. And then she hears Cotton's voice again. That's like, I'm sorry, I was just kidding. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? And then... He just starts, like, stabbing the the door, and you're like, what the fuck? Is Cotton the killer? What's going on? But he can't be because Cotton pulls up to the apartment and runs in and, like, gets a a fire poker and, like, moseys through the house, and he sees all the stabs in the door, and he's like, oh, shit. So he he breaks open the the door, and Christine pops out from a closet and with a golf club and is like, why did you try to kill me? And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I heard your voice. Like, go away. And then he sees Ghostface coming up behind her, and he tries to warn her, but it's too late, and she gets stabbed in the back. And then Ghostface comes in, and they have a little scuffle. And then finally, he stabs Cotton in the stomach and pulls out this little voice changer thing. And we understand why Christine's been hearing Cotton's voice, because this killer has a voice changer that can impersonate everybody's voice <laughs> in, in, on the planet. On the planet. In the universe, really. You want some Meryl Streep? They probably have it. You want some, like, Martian? I can sound like a Martian. Yeah. You know, just click this button. Carol Channing? No big deal. <laughs> well, hello. What's, What's your, your favorite, favorite scary, scary movie? movie? <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. And... And then they're just like, you should have told me who Sydney, where, where Sydney Prescott was. You lose, stab, mm-hmm. and title. And you're like, what is this movie going to be? I don't know yet. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I get they wanted to try something different, and they were like, let's, yeah. let's, let's try this voice changer thing. And all right, but like, you have to have some logic behind it, too. You know, yeah. I almost wish, even though it would have been dramatically less effective, that they would have done some stuff with like instant messages or something, like someone getting your screen mm-hmm. name and like being like, hey, yeah. uh, this is Sydney. And it's like, oh, this isn't Sydney. And very like cry wolf type stuff. And you wouldn't have to do yeah. that for like all of them. But like, Mm-mm. it just, this like plot device, it just, it's just used way too much in this movie. And it just becomes this it's, thing where it's yeah. just like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So you're building an entire movie around something that makes no fucking sense. Anyway, no, none whatsoever. <laughs> and and then we meet Sydney, and she's living out in the country with yeah. her sweet li- little dog. Oh, he's so cute. And uh, and she is now a crisis line operator, mm-hmm. just talking to women on the edge, you know. So you're yeah. like, good for you, Sid. Good yeah. for you. And then we meet up with Gail, and she is at a conference telling everybody that to be successful journalist, they have to you know go and like be uh ag- aggressive and have people hate you and stuff and then what, what, what and, they say um, like uh so so we have to like kill people and she's like metaphorically yes <laughs> <laughs> tell me miss weathers was it worth it yeah. and uh and then she gets uh um a visit from mr mark kincaid who's a detective mm-hmm. played by patrick dempsey mm-hmm. and he shows her this picture of maureen prescott sydney's mother yeah and she's like, what is this? And he's like, Cotton was killed last night, and they left this picture. She's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And so then she decides to go to the studio where they're shooting Stab 3, Return to Woodsboro. Mm-hmm. And there's, they're having a conversation 
about if the film should be stopped. And the head of the studio is 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 played by Roger Roger Corman, Corman yeah. which I think is great. It's hilarious because he's and, talking about like how violence in cinema is a big deal right now, and you can't do it's that. A big so. deal today, Roman. And, and all of his films are really you know exploitative like and yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. And it's sort of drawing attention to the Columbine stuff too. And they're, mm-hmm. they're talking about how like you can't make these films super violent and everything else, and we're going to pull this. Yep. And so that that was kind of a smart little you know thing there. Absolutely. And, uh, and and you oh sorry and John you, get, you get the red right Milton hand too. too yeah sorry yeah, oh yes yes um, John Milton, which is yes. A, a nice little ver- version of 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 the song it's been mm-hmm. kind of re- revamped remixed mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah so John Milton is uh, I guess he's also like one of the heads of the studio too yeah and he'll come back into it and you meet Roman who is the director Scott Fo- Foley yeah. who um underappreciated i believe i find him very att- attractive especially in this and i'm like why does no one ever talk about how cute cute he is i he's really that i think he's actually cuter with the glasses on and everything else when he's i think so too the, the nerdy like, oh, kind of roman yeah yeah i like that and of course he's, he's kind of like this pre-madonna yeah. director you yeah. know he's trying to make his big break he's only done like music videos <laughs> i think <laughs> i'm holding your music video award here yeah <laughs> what's the line like he, he was making a movie called stab he was stabbed. He was stabbed. <laughs> right, right. Like some of these lines are okay. You know, they're not Kevin Williamson yeah. level, but they're okay. They're they're decent. It's it's really not that bad. No. And Dewey is on the set as a technical advisor. Yeah. And when Gail comes onto the set, she's accosted by Jennifer Jolie, who is is uh, played by Parker Posey, who is playing Gail, and has been playing her for the past two films as as well. Yes. I believe. And what what I've heard is that this was Kevin Williamson's idea, which I can totally see that because this is kind of oh, similar yeah. to Debbie Salt in mm-hmm. part two, you know, with this this foil Absolutely. for Gail. This is when she seems to be at her height, when she has someone like trying to follow her and, you know, get on her nerves. It is the highlight of the film. Yes, Their absolutely. chemistry is delightful. Yes. Every scene with them works. Yes. And the fashion and choices. My God, they're always wearing these like bright yellow <laughs> outfits and it dresses it's it's insane i just love the line that 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 that's like after three movies i feel like i am in your mind and she's like that explains my constant that headaches explains, like, <laughs> and gail has been working for 60 minutes too not, not uh, yeah, 60, which yeah. Is hilarious. not the, not the first one you know but the second and she meets dewey again and she discovers that he and J- J- jennifer have taken up together yeah and that she has um, been told about the real Gale and so some of her char- char- character flaws and that she's a lost and lonely little girl inside. Mm-hmm. And Gale is not too thrilled by this. And yeah. she confronts Dewey. And Dewey's like, well, I mean, you know, you kind of left me after I was, like, recuperating from my stab wounds and stuff. And she's like, I couldn't stay there forever, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she's thrown off the set. Because she has a hidden camera in her purse. <laughs> and, uh, that was good. And um, then I think that's where we get the cameos from Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, they kind of just, just stuck up. in there. They don't really do anything. They say, Connie fucking Chung, and then, you know, yeah. that's about it. <laughs> it's the news chick, Connie fucking Chung. Hey, There's... Connie, how's Maury? <laughs> so weird it's just it's just out of nowhere <laughs> like why <laughs> i like then, the yeah the back lot vibe of everything that's that's kind of fun, oh it's but, fun uh, and yeah. it's, it's it's another one of those broad daylight things which which is hard to do for horror and i, I this mm-hmm. movie doesn't really commit to it it's kind of more comedy but right. whatever it's it's there yeah. and and i, I like the little bit that uh, tyson one of the other characters who's playing the randy substitute um mm-hmm. he, he has a little bit <laughs> where he's like ricky, <laughs> ricky. <laughs> who works at the video store again. yeah 
Um, and I like it. He has some line about like how uh, Usher is doing Pinter off Broadway and LL Cool J is Shakespeare in the Park because they had both just been in slasher movies. So that's kind of. I am obsessed with the way he says LL Cool. LL Cool. Or what is it? LL J. Cool. LL Cool J. There we go. Yes. There LL Cool J. Yes. I love that. I love that line reading. Yeah. <laughs> I like that just the self-awareness of the fact that like this was the time when they were casting all these, uh, you know, uh, hip hop artists mm-hmm. and in these and R&B artists in all these movies yeah. and everything. So, yeah. And this is where we learned that David Schwimmer and Tori Spelling did not want to come back. So Sadly. Sydney is now played by Angelina, who apparently won some contest to be Sydney in this movie. So they're like, we really don't want to shut the movie down because yeah. you must be praying that it keeps going so that mm-hmm. you can become a star. Right. Uh, because there's been some discussions now that Cotton's been killed, that they might ha- ha- have to stop the film. Yeah. But so far, they're still going. Mm-hmm. And uh, we meet S- Sydney again, and it's nighttime, and she's visiting with her dad and mm-hmm. talking about, you know, mom and stuff. It's a nice l- little scene. It's it's nice to see him again. You know, we, we never really see him past the first f- film. Yeah. Is the actor still alive? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm wondering. Well, I mean, if he is, bring him back. Bring him back for part six. Come on. Make <laughs> he's him be the killer. He's the killer. Finally. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At least it would make some sense. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so he's all like, maybe you, you should, should just come home because you're all alone and like, you don't have n- no one to talk to. And she's like, well, that's the thing. Cause psychos can't kill what they can't find. Yeah. And then she goes to sleep and has this random sequence from nightmare on Elm, Elm street where, um, her mother comes in. It looks like she's dug herself out of a grave and it's just like at the w- window, like Sydney, hello, it's me. And everything you touch dies. You're just like me. And then she, she turns into ghost space. It's actually, it, it's a good scare. I mean, I think it's well, it's well done. It feels like it's from a different movie. It just doesn't but... feel like it belongs in the movie. Yeah. That's it's. The, yeah. And this was one of the things that was added by, um, Later, I guess she said in the yeah. documentary. So I'm like, eh. Yeah, I, I, I get that we got to give Sydney something, something to do. Scene, you know, yeah. we got to give something yeah. for her. She's just sitting out here in the middle of nowhere because of her yeah. scheduling conflict. So what are you going to do? <laughs> and, uh, and then Gail and Dewey have a little meeting at a restaurant and they're talking about everything and, um, and that, you know, she left and she was, they just didn't really work. Do and they stuff. play and, and, um, Beltrami's theme in this? I can't remember when when they do the. Dun, 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 I can't remember. Dun, 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 dun. I can't remember I if they, they brought do. that back. I or think not. they might have a little variation of it. I feel maybe? like it's somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I remember it comes comes back in four, but I don't remember it. I don't know. Well, I think Dewey says that he got a call mm-hmm. um, about someone wanting to access Sydney's file. Yeah, yeah. But he removed it before they could get it and he thinks that someone on the stab three set is trying to find sydney yeah. for some nefarious reason yeah and then he he gets a call from jennifer saying that she's like freaking out and stuff and in the meantime candy jenny mccarthy has been killed she it goes to the set the um the production office because roman apparently called her and then um there's like a whole scene where like he calls from the car and and it turns out to not be him and they're like running lines and shit and uh and then of course ghostface switches and you know that it's him 
Yeah. And uh, and she tries to leave, but there's this shadow that passes on the the door. So she goes and she and she hides in like a prop room yeah. with all these ghost face costumes. I do like the so setup. Of course, Ghostface is in the rack of yes. the costume. Which I like is the, way, which is great. The setup of the the costumes and everything. That's a fun little yeah, thing. I and, love that. Yeah. And then she tries to call security, but of course, Ghostface pops out, and there's a big fight, and he throws her through a window and then stabs her. It's like a very, a very tame death. It is very tame. This this is a very tame kind of a movie. You don't even see the knife go in. It's just kind of like, oh, there's a, she's got stabbed in the back. Yeah. And I like the fact that like, everything is so chaotic on this set. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of drawing attention to the fact that the movie itself is really (laughs) chaotic in real life as they're making it, you know, because Mm -hmm. they they mentioned at one point how they're getting scripts the day of, which was actually happening on the film. So like that that was kind of a self-aware. Another goddamn Goddamn. rewrite. (laughs) (laughs) So that's funny. I don't totally buy like Dewey being this random, uh, uh, what what do they call him? Like a, like technical advisor, technical advisor, whatever, but all right. Random, but like, it's a good way to just, bring him back in i guess i guess the only way they could figure out how to get him there i guess I suppose so yeah i don't know <laughs> it doesn't really make that much sense no. but, but oh well yeah. at least it's not the fucking voice changer right and uh and so jennifer calls because she's freaking out because candy's just been killed yeah sarah darling and whatever um, is, yeah. I, I call her candy That's i don't know okay. why i guess because i'm thinking of the char- character that she plays That's, yeah and then know. candy darling was yes. part of the Warhol group so I get yes. it confused yes. um, and so Jennifer's freaking out so they go to, to her house and she's like Sarah's dead and I know who's going to die next because I die next in the script yeah. Gail is supposed to die and so now they're <laughs> freaking out about who's going to die next Jennifer gets that great moment where like I haven't had one of these in years someone's going to pay for this someone's going to pay for those <laughs> Like fans, I can deal with fans if they want a picture. I can deal. With it. <laughs> it's so good. And, um, and uh, Dewey gets that line that's reminiscent of his line from Two, where he's like, "If you weren't so concerned with pretensions and appearances, you'd be able to appreciate the positivity <laughs> and emotional centeredness I provide a woman." <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love how pissed off Gail is that she dies next in the script. She's like, yeah. "I die, I die in Stab Three. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um. And then I'm trying to think what happens next. This movie is so jumbled. I'm like, what happens it next? It is. There's, um, there's like the a... bodyguard gets killed. Is that now or is that later? Well, there's that party because then... Okay. Oh, then after that, I think they decide to finally stop production on the film. Yeah. And Roman's really pissed off. Right. And then the police come because Sarah's roommate said that she got a call telling her to come to the studio mm-hmm. from Roman. And so they think he's a suspect. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, this is not good. And that's when Jennifer says, oh, my God, Roman, remind me not to sleep with him again. <laughs> <laughs> again, she is the best part of this movie, 100%. She's so great. <laughs> and then I think it's the scene where Sid is on the call and she gets a message from her mother that's like, turn on the news. Yeah, that sounds right. And then, of course, it turns out to be Ghostface and his crazy voice changer. And she sees that there's been murders on the set of Stab 3. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. So now she knows that the killer's back. And somehow we find out that Maureen left Woodsboro two years before meeting Sydney's father. I don't remember who mentions that. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. 
Gail tried to do some research, yes. and she's like, yeah, she was gone for a bit, and yeah. no one knows where she went. Mm-hmm. It's there like a go. black hole. She just Red herrings galore, you know? Yeah, so you're like, what's going on with Ma- Maureen, you know? And then... What's the matter with that Maureen? Night, that 50s oh, thriller. <laughs> ooh, I, I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> what's would, the matter with Maureen? Like, I would not hate some kind of prequel, just her following her in Hollywood and, like, you know... You know, why the fuck not? No. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. And uh, so then they have this, like, rap party where the rest of the cast that's, you know, alive comes to Jennifer's house. And Gail shows up and she's, like, spying on Jennifer and Dewey and um, her uh, – Jennifer's bodyguard – Jennifer's, up Jennifer's body guard. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> Jennifer's body guard. guard. Uh, shows up and it, like alerts everybody that she's there. Yeah. And um, they go off and they discover that this picture, this publicity still that Je- Je- Jennifer took for Stab is the same backdrop as this picture that they got of Maureen at one of the murders. And they're like, wait a second. That looks like the back lot of Sunrise Studios. Right. Maureen was here 20 years ago. What? There are a lot of publicity stills in this movie, as you a noted lot. on your Instagram. <laughs> Many. We'll get to that later. Um, we will get to that <laughs> big bag of bullshit. Um, so then the bodyguard is killed, stabbed yeah. in the back, he, and he, hit he, with a... Yes, uh, to go hard. Frying pan. frying pan, which again is yeah. ludicrous, but it, it very cartoony. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he makes a mention to Tatum, which I appreciate at least. It, it's kind of a mean mention, <gasps> though. He's so kind of fucking like, rude. Yeah, it's rude. Yeah, I was like, I'm glad he died. Yeah, Shit. what an asswipe. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then the whole cast like starts to freak out because they find him, yeah. and then they're like, oh my god, the killer's here. So they lock themselves in, in, inside. Then the power goes out, and they f- freak out, and. Uh, Oh Christ! Okay, so then, keep in mind, power's out. The power's out, and they hear they hear a noise outside, and they're like, "What is that sound?" Yeah. And Jennifer's like, "It's the fax machine, mm-hmm. which is on, while the power while the power is out." Is out. <laughs> I, so feels... it's a supernatural fax machine. <laughs> this feels like that scene from the other side. That scene in Legally Blonde where they're just like, "While you're in the shower," and they say it like fifty times, and we're gonna be like, "While the power was out." <laughs> While the power was no out, <laughs> since and so they run in, and the killer is sending them scripts. That's yeah. that. That's like you know the group huddles outside, wondering who's going to be next, and they're like, "Oh my god, they're rewriting the movie again." Right while the power, now. while the power is out, <laughs> while, while the, the power, power is, is out, <laughs> the power is officially and out. <laughs> makes no fucking sense. And then they're all just like, "Let's just stay out here." And Gail's like, "Just wait for the fucking movie." And Tom goes inside. And he finds the last page, but he can't read it. So he, he goes into the next room and finds a lighter to read the page because the power is out. Yeah, the power is out, and, folks. Come on. <laughs> and, and, he, and he says, the killer will grant mercy to whoever smells the gas. And then the house just explodes. And fuck, they, they all just... They jump over a they jump fucking... Over like a, railing like thing mountain. yeah it's ridiculous it's like jennifer's like i can't stop rolling down this hill <laughs> like i guess if you're trying if you're trying to parry like an, an action movie or something like this is i guess something but i guess they're like it's gonna be the last one let's go big or go home let's yeah, have yeah, an they, explosion they, they got the budget how did nobody smell this gas either like come on no it's, it's all the cocaine up their nostrils. Apparently. They just didn't know. 
And and so they they all fall down the hill and they get split up. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Dewey finds Gale by a, a car and Ghostface pops out. So he he shoots Ghostface, and Ghostface like runs underneath the car and like gets away. Yeah. And then they have like a nice little moment where she's like, "You saved me." Uh, but here comes Jennifer, and <laughs> and, and she's like, "What the fuck happened to you? Who's supposed to be protecting me?" And she just like punches Dewey in the face, and Gail's not having any of that, no. so she punches her back, and then she gets that line, which I love, which is just, "My lawyer liked that not as much as I did." <laughs> so great! It's great. And then because... here comes Angelina, just like wandering out of the woods, yeah. looking like a crazy person. And usually, Gail's the one like... getting punched, so it's kind of fun that she yeah. gets to do the punching in this one. So it's anyway. refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> Little twist. Didn't see it coming, did you? <laughs> I did not. I certainly did not. And then Angelina comes out, and she's all like traumatized, and you're like, she's weird, and they're all like, "Where'd you come from? Like, how'd you get on that other side? So, like, is she a suspect? What's mm-hmm. go- go- going on?" And then. Dewey sees another picture that the killer left underneath the car. And it's another picture of Maureen. And on the back it says, I killed her. They're like, what? Mm-hmm. And they go see uh, Detective Kin- Kincaid and they talk about it and stuff. And they're like, okay, I guess we need to get Sydney. And they're kind of like on the fence about it. Like, don't want to bring her into it. So Dewey leaves to go call her. And as he's calling her, Sydney comes into the station and he's like, oh, that was fast. And it's a nice little moment. They they hug and stuff. And she reveals that the killer found her anyway mm-hmm. and knows where she is. So she's like, I better just c- come here and try to help y'all stop it. It's sad. You know, she tried to get away yeah. from everything and uh, she couldn't. Yeah. You just can't run. You nope. can't run, so you can't. Nope. And then she sees all the pictures of her mom on the detective's wall. And she's like, what is this? And. They're like, we didn't want to tell you, but like the killer's been leaving all these pictures. Do you, do you know if if your mom was like a model or an actress? And she's like, I have no idea. And so it's still all very mysterious. And um, and then they all go down to the studio because Gail thinks that that she can find some stuff in the archives. And as they're on the on the back lot, this trailer door opens. And here comes Martha Meeks, the sister of Randy that we didn't know existed. Yeah. Played by the delightful Heather Matsurazo. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's like, hey, you guys, Randy left this tape. Let's watch it. I don't know how she knew they were going to be there. Yes. I have no idea. Yes. It's not explained. It doesn't matter because she's a fucking treat. Matarazzo, right? Matarazzo, yes. I think yes. Matarazza or something. I might have heard it wrong. I don't know. Oh, I didn't enunciate. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, <laughs> this movie does things to my it, head. It messes with a lot of things. And so they watch this tape that Randy apparently made because he thought he was going to die in Scream, in Scream 2. Yes. And he lists the, the rules of a trilogy because he believes that this could be a, a trilogy and not just a typical part three. This is the kind of the problem with this movie is that. This, the the meta stuff they add feels so after the fact. Like we're just gonna th- yeah. throw in a couple things about oh this is hey this is a trilogy. Whereas the first one is designed to be a statement on horror films right. and slashers. The yeah. second one is very clearly designed to be a statement on uh, sequels. And this one is just like hey maybe let's just throw in a couple things about uh, trilogies. Yeah, and things like, like really, only one of his rules 
even plays out in this movie. The whole thing yeah. about the backstory and exposition, like that's in there. Yeah. Well, there aren't but, really four like, trilogies like really. that I can think of because they, they always just keep going. You know, most of the time yeah. they don't consider the third one to be the last one. They they're like Mm-mm. this gonna. I mean, Dream Warriors kind of wraps things up, and it, you know, it wraps up Nancy's yeah. story, but still, like. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about here. Like he, he says, like, and you got to watch out for the past because it's going to come back to bite you in the ass and all the retcons and everything else. I'm yeah. like, but like, does that happen that much? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. it's not really. It doesn't really work. Not that Randy is always on top like, of the game either. Like as we talked about in some true. of the other films, but still, this is yeah. a little. And, and this was added because they knew that there was a lot of flack for killing off Randy in part mm-hmm. two. So they were like, well, we got to bring him back for this one. And I guess it's yeah. nice to see him, but it is kind of like random kind of yeah you know. it, it is kind of like an afterthought yeah and uh and then so they leave gail goes to get some um stuff at the arc archives and she's yeah. like i'm gonna do this alone i work better alone and that's when she runs into jennifer mm-hmm. who is like okay um so here's how i see it i've got no house no movie and i'm being stalked because someone want, wants to kill me no because someone wants to kill you so i'm just gonna <laughs> stick around you so that if they want to kill you they'll kill you and not me and it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous it's I love smart it. enough i guess you just like this little fly buzzing around you the whole time for the whole movie it's so good it's just like just like you need to get in that building you got a store in that building gail weathers would find a way and she has her little pass card and she just swipes in and just goes in so she's being helpful she's helpful now yeah and they go into the archives and that's where they meet carrie fisher who's playing someone who works in the archives Carrie fisher they think that maybe she is carrie fisher but uh no just like no nope. get that all the time nope but uh, i was up for princess leia and who got it the one that slept with, with george, george lucas, lucas. Yeah. <laughs> and like do you want me to tell you who you look like courtney cox <laughs> <laughs> and then She's like, oh, so you won't let me get into the archives. Well, how about if I give you the precedent? And she gives a $50 bill. And she, Jennifer's like, $50? What are you a reporter for? Wood, Woodsboro High? Oh, it's so good. She, and she takes off her ring and she says, it's worth two grand. You going to help Gail Weathers or not? <laughs> and so they go through the archives and Carrie Fisher's like, if, if you're looking for Marine prescott or marine roberts you're not going to find her if you find rena reynolds you will that was her stage name just like jennifer's stage name was judy jurgenstern <laughs> and uh and they see all these movies on her resume and it's just stuff like you know like space zombies and stuff mm. and she's like yeah they're all hor- horror films made back in milton's heyday and they're like back in what and she's like, John Milton, the producer. Those were his his movies. And she's like, what? And then Sid is in the bathroom Again. trying to collect yes. herself. She goes into the bathroom a lot, you know. Yeah. And she hears this weird noise, and she sees some boots on, under the stalls. And she's like, okay, I've been here before. We're not going to do this. She gets out her pepper spray and is about to kick some ass. And she sees it's Angelina, who has stolen some of the ghost face costumes from the set. A little sketchy. I do like and how she's like, oh my acts God, so me. innocent all the time, and she's like the, the victim and everything. And then you find out she's like not that. It's very Hollywood, like act. Oh yeah, absolutely. Know, one way and be totally two faced. It's yeah. She's she's a little sketchy, and you're yeah. like oh, she might be the killer. Maybe. Which originally I think she was going to be. That one, was a, one of them. A plan, if I recall. Yes. Yeah. I could see. And uh, so then she forgets her hairbrush. So Sydney goes out and is like, Angelina, you've got your brush, and she 
ends up on the set yeah. of Woodsboro. This is cool. And she's like, oh my God, it's like yeah. deja vu. Really cool. And that's when Marco Beltrami brings in all the music. Oh, he's <laughs> blaring at like a 10 with Sydney's theme just <laughs> cranked up to a million. Full Mormon tabernacle choir in the background. <laughs> just like exactly. Giving it their all. And Sid just decides to like, you know, take a little stroll. And she goes into her old bedroom and all this stuff, and then she hears a noise, and she she's thinks like, "Why is that? Why is that Creed there? poster there?" But <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I don't like Creed. What the fuck? Who do you think I am? <laughs> Fucking studios, man. They water everything down." And uh, and then she thinks she hears hears a noise, and so she, she she gets her pepper spray out, and then the killer's actually behind her on the other side of the w- window, and he pops out and just drags her through the window, and they fall on the on the. Uh, on like the fake lawn and stuff and there's a big fight and she's running into the next set and up the stairs and throwing yeah. things and yeah. it's it's really really cool it and is. then eventually she hears her mother's voice again and you're like I hope it's just in her head because if it's that fucking voice change or again so help me god yeah and she she goes in and they've recreated the, the the crime scene of her mom's death. This feels very Nightmare on Elm Street homage too because you, you get the, the rising up of the body with the covered yeah, in the like cloak and the bed looks like the, sheet, the bed looks like Johnny Depp's death and everything. Yeah, is like, definitely. And then her mother apparently that that's in quotes um, <laughs> rises up and chases her out the window and she falls on the grass again and then here comes everybody. Like, what's going on, Sid? And she's like, my mother was there. She was there. Dewey, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And um, and so then they take her to the pre precinct to just, I guess, chill out. I don't know. Yeah. And the the trio, Jennifer, Dewey, and Gail, decide uh, to go confront Mil- Milton. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when Jennifer gets the great line, <laughs> you're obsessed with her and you're obsessed with her daughter. <laughs> all right. Easy here, all though. <laughs> and Milton just kind of plays it off like, well, I mean, she kind of invited it. I mean, all these girls just come to Hollywood. It's not a good place for innocence. And, you know, yeah. they have their dreams crushed. She invited it in and it stuff. Feel just very an Weinstein, asshole. feels very Weinstein's here. Yeah, definitely. I think Weinstein wrote this part. Um <laughs> And uh, and they're just like, really, dude? Come on. Yeah. And uh, so that doesn't really help much. And then they get a call from Sydney saying that she's going to meet them at Milton's mansion for this party that the cast is going to be at. And they're like, okay. And little do they know that she's still at the precinct. And she has this conversation with Kincaid about, like, movies and... It's, it's kind of sweet what he says about like because yeah. she's like I don't even know who my mom is anymore and he says something like yeah. you know who your mom was to you and I'm like I kind of mm-hmm. like that I was kind of like, yeah you know, it's like sweet. we we never really know another human being but we know who they are to us and I think that exactly matters so that's kind of nice yeah yeah and I, like, I like that little scene what's your favorite scary movie detective my life my life <laughs> <laughs> they belong to each other with each other and they uh, do more on that at some point but yes apparently <laughs> little did did we know little did we know um. And so Dewey, Gail, and Jennifer show up at the mansion, and Angelina's there, and um, uh, oh, who who else left now? Oh, Tyson, Tyson, Angelina, Roman, Roman, um, right? Okay, so that's just them, right? I think so. Um, okay, yeah, and then they they don't know where Milton is. Yeah. Um. So you're like, how did they get into the house? Um. 
and they decide to go exploring and stuff. And there's like this creepy basement and Roman like just disappears in the basement and Gail goes to look for him and she finds him like stabbed in this prop caulk coffin and yeah. Jennifer pops out and is all like, ah, what the hell? But and like they it, go up and try to run. And, uh, yeah. They try to warn everybody and stuff. It's like it should be noted that we do ne- never see Roman killed, which should be a little we clue don't. here. <laughs> if we don't see them getting killed, there's probably a reason why. Yes, exactly. Those off-screen murders don't exist in they, the Scream universe. They really don't, yes. Mm-mm. And, uh, and then they, they find Ange- Angelina and they try to warn her and she's like what the hell like i didn't fuck milton to die here with you awful peace second people. rate i'm out second rate celebrities <laughs> second rate celebrities and she runs off and gets stabbed immediately by her murder face. is so over the t- she's like screaming like at the top of like, the ah! screaming <laughs> is ridiculous she commits man it's so over the top the commitment and i love how she's she's been stabbed and it's very tasteful it's like one speck of blood <laughs> yeah I'm like, this is literally PG-13. Right. This is so just... This movie could have been PG-13, yeah. Absolutely. Like, you cut out a few of the F-bombs, it could have easily passed. Mm -hmm. And um, and so then Gail and Jennifer see that, and they run, and they try try to warn Tyson. And Dewey, the killer, pops out, uh, punches Dewey in the face, I think stabs him in the arm, too. Yeah. And then Tyson runs down the hall, and the killer goes after him. Tyson gets like one of the meanest deaths. It's like they they pull oh, the yeah. rug they pull the rug underneath him and uh, but like smashes his head and then the next thing you see him being slammed into cabinets and glass and everything else and then yeah. just like Sarah Michelle Gellar thrown gets thrown off, off the balcony. Dang. I'm like, this is a mean death. What did Tyson ever do to anybody? Yeah. Really? I mean, he's, he seems like a nice guy. I know. Although I do love the the um the part where they're chasing him down the stairs and he goes, "Oh, you motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh so hard. Yeah. And. Uh, and so, yeah, so then he's dead, and then Jennifer hides in a closet, which turns mm-hmm. into, like, a secret passageway, and she's mm-hmm. in, like, a weird, like, castle staircase thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And the killer pops out and chases her back into the closet, and she sees it's, like, a two-way mirror closet, and she can see Dewey and Gale, and she's trying to warn them, and they finally kind of, like, see the mirrors sh- shaking, and they're yeah. like, she's she's in there, and she's trying trying to the warn them. The way Dewey says that, it's just so goofy. He's like, the mirror is moving, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> they just start, like, shooting all of the mirrors. Yeah, what if she, what if you and, shoot her? Like, hello. Yeah, and so the killer gets her and, like, stabs her a few times. Yeah, it's, it's and then, reminiscent of um, Dewey being stabbed behind the sound booth in 2. Yes, you know? very much so. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so they finally shoot the last one out and her body comes flying out and... Yeah. Gail does a great scream and then, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they go downstairs and they're trying, trying, trying to call on their, oh, they've, they've discovered that there is a, um, that this, the cell phones have been cloned. And yes. there's, like, a secret room where they find, like, the ghost face mask and, like, a voice change changer. And they yeah. do the whole, like, they, they try to use, like you, you, you use it and it's ridiculous. And at some point, in one of the most absurd moments in the movie, Dewey gets, like, hit with a handle of a knife in the head. <laughs> like, yes. this is cartoon stuff right here. Gail is, like, jumped and dragged into the basement and she has to call 
Dewey and be like, I'm in the basement. Come and help me. And he and he's like, I don't know if I trust you. Isn't that what the kill killer would say? <laughs> and he finally goes in. And that's when the killer throws a knife at his head and he falls down the stairs. And then we're like, oh, no, the killer's going to get them. And then Sydney at the station gets a call. And it's from Ghostface, and Ghostface is like, I've got your friends, come to the mansion, and we're going to, like, sort this out. And she's like, all right, cool. So she goes in, she gets a gun, and goes to the mansion, and she finds Dewey and Gale tied up, and she's, got a, she's trying to untie them. She's got, like, two like, guns on her. She does, because our girl comes prepared. Yeah. And I love her for it. Yeah. And, um... As she's trying to um, untie them, the killer pops out. I think she shoots them, and then they disappear. And then when she turns the corner, here's Kincaid. And she's like, wait a second. How are you here? What's going on? Are you the killer? He looks pretty suspicious. You've got that, like, wicked smile at one point. And she's also wearing Derek's Greek letters from part two, which is kind of I like that touch. Yeah. Yeah. I like that touch a lot. Because, you know, also kind of a handy weapon. It was in in part two. It was, yeah. You never know when you can use that again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the killer pops out and attacks Kincaid. So you're like, okay, I guess he's not the killer. But you never know with these movies. We get um, like another audio-visual visual presentation here with Maureen Prescott and pictures of her. And it's being projected on the oh, screen. Yes. And very yes, Debbie Jelinski. Sydney <laughs> yeah. runs and goes into like a library where she finds a secret pa- passageway. There's so mm-hmm. many secret passageways. Yeah. It goes into like this secret screening room mm-hmm. where there's like a slideshow of video of her mother that looks like it's being taken at like a really weird angle, like yeah. someone's stalking her. Yeah. And it's like her like going in and out of motel rooms with strange men. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And then all of a sudden here comes Maureen in the sheet. Being like, hello, don't you want to kiss your mother one last time? <laughs> and they, they take the sheet off. Of course, it's Ghostface, and they lock the door. And the mask comes off, and we find out it's Roman. And Roman. The reasoning here is that Roman was the love child of, I guess, some sort of gangbang at this milton compound so i i don't know i guess that's freddy krueger-esque there too i guess (laughs) a little bit yeah yeah um he's the bastard son of a thousand film producers (laughs) apparently and uh and so he's really pissed off because when he went to tell maureen about it she like slammed the door in his face i was like i've got a new life now and a daughter and a husband and i don't want that so he planned with billy and Stu to like kill her as revenge and it was easy to do because billy had that whole history with you know his dad and marine and this is like that part stuff like the half brother stuff is bad enough but like i'll at least kind of accept that but like when you go in and you mess with somebody else's script like that bugs me quite a bit like the fact that they didn't have kevin williams's approval to add this character to the original film like that just Mm -hmm. gets on my nerves a little bit like the fact that yeah um yeah, it's it's a, like it's, it. it's a it's a bit like it. it's, much. It's it's like but... you hired this guy to write this movie, which I understand because he got to continue the franchise without the original writer. But you don't have to shit on what the original writer did to do that. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to add things to his work without his permission. Like that that just right. always gets on my nerves a little bit. Anyway, continue. But yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. And then he yeah. brings out um, 
Milton, who's been like tied up and he's going to like blame him or something, or, or, or he's going to kill him and say that Sydney finally snapped and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess that's his big game plan. I guess. Does he have one? I don't know. He's just. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. They wrote this the night before. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. sure. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the day of. Let's be real. <laughs> who, who knows? It was improvised by the actors. Well, like, they, re- they reshot it too because it was originally yeah. a really short thing and then they extended it to this big mm-hmm. long. Uh, sequence there's some good little bits while they're fighting um and they wanted to make it yeah good well i do love when he's going on and on about the reasoning why and and she is just so over it she is like can you stop whining i've heard this shit before it's like do you know why you kill people because you fucking choose to okay stop blaming everybody else why do you take some fucking fucking responsibility And then they just get into this, like, battle. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. (laughs) And there's the battle, and there's there's chasing and strangulation and stabbing. And then at one point, he shoots her. And you're like, "Uh uh-oh, He beats the shit out of her and shoots her. And this is the stuff that was apparently added because they wanted to make it seem like Sydney could actually die in this um, one. Which makes sense. I guess, yeah. And uh, But she doesn't die. She uses her... um, her smarts mm-hmm. to uh, give him a taste of his own medicine because she she gives him a little ring ring call mm-hmm. and surprises him with like a like an ice pick in the back yeah. <laughs> and uh and yeah so then like he's on the floor and he's like dying and they have like a little like hand holding moment or something yeah and then here Meanwhile, comes dewey and gail and yeah they're coming and the beltrami score has been going nuts this whole fucking time and it's, <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. so they want to make it they want to make it seem like sydney could actually be dead but we know she's fine yeah we know she's gonna be okay and uh, and then of course he pops back up again and dewey has to shoot him in the head and yeah. all that fun stuff and then here here comes detective kincaid yeah. just drenched in blood and he's all like i'm fine i'm fine and then cross dissolved to Sydney's compound, and this scene is, I think, very sweet. Where Dewey proposes to Gail, yeah, using her that's book. Really cute. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, <laughs> that's how you get that's her funny. attention, like appeal to her yeah. ego, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can you sign my book? And it's like a ring inside. Yeah, like, oh, cute. Dewey, that's, that's sweet. Yeah. And uh, and they get engaged, and then Sydney walks in yeah. with like the most over the top music ever. <laughs> I love it. Well, they and they've taken Sydney's theme and they've made it like major, basically, because it's usually this really sad kind of sad minor kind of thing, and now it's like, yeah, ah! it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so exciting. You're like, oh, it's the end of a trilogy. Yeah, it's a little forced, but <laughs> okay. She walks in. Because it and it's like it's just a shot of her opening a fucking gate with her dog, and it's yeah. like a full-on crazy <laughs> music yeah, it's like it's is nuts. this an important shot what yes. what is this right and uh and she walks in i guess because she can just leave her gate open now because she's not scared now yeah. and uh she goes in and they're like hey we're gonna watch a movie and for some reason kincaid's there yeah. in a cast mm-hmm. and she's like what kind of movie and they're like you have to come and see and then as she's going in she hears a door creak and she sees the door opening and she's like do i let it go or do I go close it? And she's like, you know what? Leave it open. <laughs> Cut to black. Yeah. I don't know that I totally buy that she would just say that, but okay. You know. I the, mean, I would still lock the door. I'm yeah. just that way. I don't she, care. This, this, this shit has happened to her three times now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean. And if only she knew. Yeah. It was going to keep happening. Like, uh, just wait 10 years, Sid. Yeah. And then uh, another 10. At least she gets a little bit of a break in between the killings, yeah. I guess. It's an it's an interesting movie, you know. It's it, yeah. it's I can't say that like nothing works about the movie, 
Yeah. But then I can't I can't also be one of those people that apparently think it's a good movie because I don't. Um, but I think as a yeah, sort of a standalone okay. sequel, I don't mind it that much. But there's just too many logical mm-hmm. inconsistencies to like make it work yeah. with some of the other uh, films, and it's and that's why it's kind of hard for me to. I don't know. It's not even the tonal stuff that bugs me that much. Like I don't mind that it's lighter, um, but I do mind that the characters feel like they don't feel like they did in the originals. And they, I don't know. It's just. Um, more, a little more caricature-y. We talked about how it's, it's kind of veering a little more toward parody. I mean, this is a couple months before Scary Movie, but it's still, eh, there are parts of this that feel like they could be in Scary Movie, like Dewey getting hit with that fucking knife hilt. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> this is so goofy. Um, it's the goofiest of the franchise. Uh, oh, definitely, yeah. It's not without merit, but... Um, no, there, there's lots of great stuff yeah. In, in fact, I would say that the concept is actually really great. Yes. Just and that the was... idea of bringing it back to Maureen and her back, backstory, I think is actually really cool. I don't know how I feel about the um, Maureen stuff, but I, I, I like see, what they were doing. I like for it. it. I like that. I it's... think it's a neat little mystery thing, and it does tie it back into the original. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's always well done necessarily, yeah. but yeah. there's parts of it that I think are interesting. Sure. Yeah. I don't hate it. I mean, I'm mixed on it, but it, it feels a little, I mean, it is the third film in the franchise. So I guess it's going to feel like the third yeah. film in the franchise of like, let's give you some more information that you didn't already know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like the Hollywood satire stuff. I think that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Or at least the movie making satire stuff, just the, all the yeah. stuff that goes on, be, uh, like mm-hmm. the chaotic nature of it all. And the fact that that was actually happening behind the scenes right. um, was kind of smart. And the fact that they were, um, witty enough to really start to talk about like some of the stuff that happened with Columbine and the effects of that mm-hmm. and like the violence in film and um, they were self-aware enough to you know acknowledge what was going on at the time that's the thing with this franchise I really don't think there is an outright bad movie in this franchise there were just movies that I don't either yeah are it, it, it just nothing really compares to the first two and that's the hard thing mm-hmm. you know like yeah. Sc- well, Scream 3 yeah also I mean the first two were written basically a hundred percent by Kevin yes. Williamson, whereas yes. even part four, he right. got the credit for most right. of it. Right. But e- even in r- recent interviews, he's been like, I didn't write that part. I yes. didn't come up with that character. That right. set piece is not me. So right. a lot of it was done by other people. Yeah. So even that film doesn't really feel like him because so much of it has been changed. Parts of it do, but you can tell the parts that aren't him. Yeah. 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 Three and four were both kind of these frankenstein monster kind of creations mm-hmm. and uh, three more yes. so than four i think but um yeah. just because kevin williamson didn't really do anything with three other than give a couple yeah. ideas and say um, which to be fair were really good ideas because he was the one who came up with the you know film behind the scenes film stuff mm-hmm. and he came up with the gail uh judy sorry, sorry judy but that's her real name but you know don't I mean, use her <laughs> fake name <laughs> She doesn't want that out in the public. Oh, yeah. God. So it's like the things that work best about this movie, frankly, were the things that he came up with. Except for the yeah, Maureen stuff, which, which you like, but just fine. And I, I like yeah. parts of it, so there we go. Um, it does, it, and you're right, it does, a lot of the things give it a very jollo kind of, like even that whole thing with her and the, the seedy part of Hollywood and everything else. It feels mm-hmm. kind of jollo-esque there. And um, Oh, totally, yeah. Could yeah. Be. I, I'm weirdly always... Like, I don't watch it as much in one and, as one and two, so I think when I do watch it, I always get, like, a little bit excited because I'm like, maybe I'm going to like it more this time. And sometimes I like parts yeah. more, and sometimes I don't. 
like mm-hmm. um as much but um one and two i've just seen so many fucking times that it's like nothing surprises yeah. me anymore but um i know but I they're perfect that. i mean they're great they're fucking great movies um exactly yeah yeah um so we'll we'll see where we come down on four i think i'm a little more positive mm-hmm. on it than you are but that's okay because i think you've only more... seen it i think three times three times so okay I'm curious we'll to see. see we'll see what if the fourth time's the charm yeah We'll see. It is I mean, Scream 4, so it is scream maybe four. that's what it takes. Yeah. Four times. Um, and maybe I'll be more critical this time. Who knows? Um, I do have issues with it, and I'm not as gung-ho. Our friends over at Horror Queers, I think they're very big on that film. They just did like a four-hour uh, episode oh, on yeah. Scream 4. We will not be doing a four-hour episode on Scream I, 4. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens we'll wherever see, that road think, takes us. There's not that much to talk about that movie. It's a pretty simple movie outside of that first opening scene. I think like, so, yeah. It's pretty yeah. straightforward because it's pretty much just beat by beat from, like, the original mm-hmm. film. So it's, you know. Well, do we have a couple overlooked gems to um, end? Yes. I watched a film, an erotic thriller from oh, the 90s I had thriller. not seen. Oh called whispers in the dark screen oh, yeah. factory just put it out yeah. and I'd, I'd always want wanted to see it because it stars annabella shiora from mm-hmm. the hand that rocks the cradle given a lot more to do in this one i that's might good. add that's good and um she plays a psychiatrist who has this patient who likes to tell her about these sexy encounters that she has with this guy who likes to you know like tie her up and stuff and she mm-hmm. gets kind of off on it a bit you know of course she does and then uh this patient ends up dead and she discovers that her new love interest might be the man that her patient was talking about. And it's just, it then drama ensues and could she be next? I don't know. You'll have to watch and find out. Hmm. Tune in next time. It, it, it was a pretty in, in, entertaining movie. My only nitpick is that they have Jill Clayburgh in the movie and she gets like nothing to do. Hmm. And, uh, I was just like, give her something to do, please. That's unfortunate. But... And they didn't, so I was like, well, that's minus four stars. Right there, so. <laughs> but I still liked it. Okay, Gene Siskel over here. Yeah. <laughs> was there a kid in Jeopardy in the movie? Unfortunately, no. Mm-hmm. No. I just rewatched Mikey. That's not my overlooked gem, but like that is a mean oh, fucking movie. Mikey. I <laughs> love like, Mikey. That's like one of the meanest kid movies I've I've seen. It's, I know. No one ever talks about that movie. Yeah. It's really good. We should do a child in Jeffrey <gasps> or Child Killer Month or something. We'll see. Yes. There's good stuff. That sounds fun. There's good stuff. Um so that's my secondary gem, but uh, <laughs> Um, I don't think I know we've talked about this one, but I don't think I've done it, but the, I was just thinking about Lisa and the Devil the other day. So that's, Ooh, that's pretty I like good, that you know? one. It's got a, you got Lisa and she's this tourist and she's in an ancient city. I can't remember where, but she gets lost and she finds this old mansion. Um, and soon she's sucked into this soap opera of deception and supernatural shit and debauchery. And, uh, it's one of those movies. It's not really about the plot because I don't really know what's going on half the time, but it's, it's I don't it's, think there is a plot. It's not really, but, uh, I don't think. The performances are very heightened and over the top, and it's got this very great, like, soap opera vibe to it, and uh, it feels like Dark Shadows kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it's it's good. It's got a very, like, dreamlike uh, oh boy, cinematography yeah. and everything, and very nightmarish and metaphysical, and um, so it's it's worth checking out. Um, it's so pretty. Yeah. It doesn't overstay its welcome either. It's not super long, so that's It's, it's like one of those weird movies where I've seen it probably, like, five or six times, mm-hmm. and yet every time I watch it, I feel forgotten everything that happened yeah i don't remember anything about the plot i remember there's um uh some hotties in it but yeah yeah like that's really it like i know there's like a sex scene and there's like telly savalas Mm -hmm. 
and then like the ending's really weird. I don't know. It's like there's like little flashes that come back, but it's just it's one of those movies where it's like, what is this about again? Absolutely. And yet I love it. I'm drawn to it. Yes. What is what is that about? Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's a uh, mesmerizing. It's hip- hypnotizing. It keeps yeah. you in there. And uh, so yeah, go check those out as always. And um, we will be back for our final installment of our Stabathon next week. Um, mm-hmm. If we have any stray screen thoughts, uh, screen five thoughts, we'll let you know then. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think we got most of the big stuff out of the way. So yeah, as always, you can follow us. I forgot to mention this last time, but you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at HOHH Podcast. We are on Instagram at Homos and Haunted Hill. We are on Letterboxd. You can leave us an iTunes review. Thank you to those who have. Thank you for mm-hmm. being kind and friendly. And, uh, you know, you can message us, you know, whatever. And uh, we can also probably let you know uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break in February. Um, mm mm-hmm. Probably the whole month. I think that's the plan right now, unless we get really antsy and we want to do something. But that's that's the plan. Uh, we've just we've been going for like two years now, close to it, and we just need a little breather. We figured after all these these really fairly in depth episodes for us, because usually our episodes are like an hour, and most of these have been like <laughs> yeah. an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes. So you know, yeah, um, you know, I've not really cut anything out of these last three. Yeah, I mean, because there's just what can I cut? Right, these movies are so just jam packed with stuff. You they're very jam packed and. I debated whether to talk about the production side of things, but it's so like, there's so much you have to know to understand some of the stuff that happens in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially with this one, like so much oh God, of what so happened much. behind the scene impacted how, what you got the final product. Um, so yeah, we're just going to take a little, uh, downtime and come back in March. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do in March, but we'll figure it out. And, uh, so hopefully you can live without us for a while, you know, uh, yeah. if you need to, you know, get your queer horror fix. There are plenty of podcasts out there, you know, yes. to, to get that. So uh, we'll be around. Um, we'll be back and better than ever. Better than ever. Yeah, uh, version 2.0, I guess. That's yeah. right. We yes. have new show runners. Uh, they have some <laughs> ideas. They're thinking about bringing in a voice changer. It sounds great. <laughs> I really guess you could say it's more of a stuff. more of a requel. It's not really a remake it's, or a sequel. It's, it's, it's a relaunch. Like, on the Hill, the requel. <laughs> the requel. Um, <laughs> gonna be with that daring i'm gonna bring and... in my my three-year-old niece and she's gonna be we're gonna sort of pivot the story more to her moving forward <laughs> we're just gonna talk in like shapes yeah. and colors and just it's gonna be really it's gonna be good <laughs> she can count to 20 which is the number you'll heal before you die <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, god listen. We'll plan that out when we get there. So, yes. So, uh, in the meantime, yeah, we'll uh, be back next week with Scream Four. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Well, goodbye. Bye, y'all.